0: Log Talk Radio. It's time to
1: strap our boots on. This is the perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes.
2: political talk, part of the conservative conversation, and uh, welcome uh, again to the show. Uh, It's been a while since we've done an episode here, uh, but it is good to be back. Uh, uh, Tonight we're going to talk about the Republicans win the House and Senate. Uh, So now what? Now, of course, I'm not saying, (laughs) at least uh, as of tonight, October the 13th, that the Republicans have indeed yet won uh, or control the House and Senate yet. Uh, many believe there is a red wave coming in the upcoming November election. Now the host here believes that uh, there is going to be a red uh, reckoning coming for the Democrat Party, a political reckoning. But let's say the Republicans do win uh, the House and the Senate, uh, then what? Uh, what are they going to do? You know, with those vi- that, those victories. Now, of course, a lot of it is going to depend on the margin of of victory, you know, how many House seats they'll pick up over, especially how many Senate seats uh, if they pick them up. And I think that they are. There are some polls, which I'm not a big believer in. Polls uh, are going to, you know, say how much, you know, they'll win, but we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm actually going to be out of town, so I'm going to be – don't really like to early vote, but this time I guess Democrats do it all the time, so it's uh, okay for uh, those who are going to be voting Republican uh, to do it as well. I'm actually, you know, an independent, but I do, do lean and vote more Republican uh, than anything else, as you may know. Uh, but they haven't won yet, but there are signs showing that they are indeed uh, going to be taking certainly the House and, and maybe even the Senate. But what would that look like? Now, one of the things I want to talk about tonight, and of course we will touch on, uh, maybe play some audio from the Tulsi Gabbard and how she is leaving the Democrat Party. Now, that's not to say, and I haven't heard anything, and perhaps as of this recording, are you listening to it? Maybe there will be an announcement, but as of right now, I'm not hearing anything where she's becoming a Republican. It's just that she's leaving the Democrat Party, and we'll hear more about that. Instead, um, so I might have some audio for you uh, for that, uh, but one of the things I want to talk about one of the things that I think the Republicans ought to uh, leave alone in this last uh, less than a month uh, lag of the race is the controversial uh, issue of at least they've made it a controversy you know on both sides is the debt relief for student loans. Uh, Now, most Republicans and conservatives are against uh, the debt relief, uh, and um, the Republicans spoke openly and and a lot about it, uh, about being against it, Uh, even some saying that it's only people, you know, for the rich. Well, I respectfully disagree uh, with them. I think that the Republicans, while running, should leave that topic alone. Uh, they I don't think they should touch it because I believe that if that were to go through, then it can help out a lot of uh mid of the middle class not in, in sub only you know not not in support as much but it certainly will help out the middle class because i'm sure there are a lot of people out there uh you know, who, you know, went to college, you know, got the degree, got their degree in something other than basket weaving. I think a lot of people got their degrees, such as myself in political science. There are some who got their degrees in business, you know, things of that nature, and they got, you know, a job, but if depending on the college they went to, they may still have a significant amount of student debt, and let's say if they had to take any type of deferments or anything of that nature, uh, whereas what a deferment is, uh, for those who aren't uh, familiar with it, is where you, you know, you're still having interest tacked onto your loan, but you wait a few months or whatever uh, to, you know, not pay your, you know, make, you make your monthly payment towards, uh, you know, towards your student loans, and now you can you you get up to three years to do that over time, but again, you're still accruing interest now that's before the you know kind of deferment that uh, the administrations have done because of COVID, uh, but you know that is something that people do have uh, available to them. But again, it, the interest builds up, and so the loan balance, uh, principle builds up as well. And so now there's a lot of people because of the hard economic times, especially in these last two years, and even before, um, you know, let's you know 2008, even through 2012 uh now i went back to college in my 30s i was a single father at the time i was working full-time and i worked you know class full-time as well uh and but i you know i was a single dad so you know i had to take out student loans and so you know it was it was tough it was hard and then you know when it came time after graduation to pay off those loans then you know you you make payments but then things happen uh, such as, you know, some people experience, you know, health issues either of themselves or some of their family members. Sometimes people's family members, uh, like their children, you know, become ill and they have to, you know, you pay for the doctor bills or take some time off work to help their children. And these are middle class folks. I mean, they did the right thing. You know, they went back to co- either to college or back to college to increase, you know, their uh, you know, productivity, how much they can contribute to society, you know, by going to college, getting the degree, bettering themselves, bettering society, uh, you know, going back like, you know, some people, you know, in their, while they're, you know, parents uh, to improve their lot of their children. But paying those things is now one of the reasons why I am for loan forgiveness is not only because, yes, I mean, it's certainly I'm going to be full disclosure, it would benefit myself. However, as I stated, it will help the middle class. Um, and so, you know, it's getting exactly just like those type of people who I, I just described. And one of the reasons why I'm for it is not, again, not because it, it would help myself, is that, you know, because, and it's kind of a, you know, double-edged sword. One of the reasons why, you know, colleges are so expensive is because the ease at which people can get Massive amounts of money uh, through these student loan programs. So the colleges know students, whether you're young adults or you're an adult going back to college again to improve your lot, then you're going to, uh, you know, do what you can, and part of that is going to get student loans, uh, you know, to do it. And so that's going again. It's going to help the middle class, but because of that, the colleges they just skyrocket and jack up the prices even more than what the inflationary costs are uh, by far. And so unfortunately, you know, because of, you know, it's a double-edged sword, the government makes it easy to get these student loans. So the colleges are like, well, hey, it's, we want to get this money and we can get it easily. So let's go ahead and jack up our tuition prices. And so it kind of became a racket. So that's another reason why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm for it. Uh, so I think that the you know the Republicans. You know during the last legs of this election, uh, they really need to uh, let go of that. And they're not talking about it as much. Maybe they've you know figured it out. Like yeah, that's actually going to help a lot of middle class people. Now I know a lot of folks are talking about oh well how this could you know affect the debt, going to actually make inflation worse. Well, I would say you know this proxy war with you you know with Russia through Ukraine. Uh, is is going to cause causes more inflation. For instance, they're saying that, you know, the uh, the student loan forgiveness over the next ten years, so the next decade, uh, can cost anywhere between you know three hundred and four hundred billion dollars. Now, let's say it's four hundred billion dollars over the next decade. Let's say that, that ends up being the cost. Well, that comes to about ten, you know, about four. Uh, 40 billion dollars a year, but if you look at how much we've spent so far in you know, aid to Ukraine, I mean, we just just since the Ukraine war started this year, we spent 52 billion dollars, you know, in you know, to the in this war with these, this proxy war with Ukraine, spending money on you know people from another country. Now some would argue that it's because it's within our national interest. I would disagree. Uh, I would say, you know, I, I you know, that we, you know, that's NATO, and, and not even NATO because Ukraine's not a part of NATO. But that's that's a, you know, that's a European, not to be callous, but that's a European uh, crisis going over there. That's a European uh, problem. But you know, we're we're footing a large portion. You know, of the bill, so to speak, for that war going on over there. Now, you know, personally, I think, you know, it would be if we would see China go after Taiwan, that would be in more of our national interest than what's going on over in in Ukraine. Now, do I like the idea of a sovereign nation uh, being attacked by, you know, Russia? Certainly, I do not. I, I don't support, you know, Ru- you know, Russia and what they're doing. Uh, but however, I just don't see where it's in our benefit, you know, to do that. So you've got forty billion dollars a year that could be going to help the middle class here in America, or you're spending fifty-two billion in a year. Now I'm not saying the the war in Ukraine is going to, to last for for ten years, but there's you know there's going to be other expenditures that I would rather see be spent on you know, the American people instead of, you know, over in Ukraine and not only Ukraine, I mean, then there's U S foreign aid, you know, aid that we send, you know, to foreign countries. So, I mean, just look at, you know, how much we spend there, you know, anywhere from some, you know, into the millions, hundreds of millions to, you know, the billions uh, of uh, foreign aid that we send the country. I mean, speaking of Russia, um, you know, you know. Speaking of, would you get off my screen? I got a, a pop-up. I got a. I'm on my laptop, and I got a pop-up where it's supposed to show me where. uh No, I don't want to span. Get off my screen. This is crazy. So get off. Um, I'm just, sorry, folks. I'm trying to read this, and then this stupid ad has popped up on the screen. So I can't see the uh, see these results here. Stupid ad, get off my screen! Ugh, don't you hate that when you go, you know, to do uh, something and then you know try to read an article or something of that nature, and then all it do it does is have all these you know pop ups. Anyway, so unfortunately I'm not going to be able to use that because it's stupid ad uh, that we have here. So I'm not, and it's right where you get the you right where you get the results, so you know there's and you can't get rid of it there's like no way to get rid of this ad it's uh it's like you can't even you click clicked on the x you know click on the little x to get rid of it, and it doesn't get rid of it. the ad's still there, so anyway, so what I want to do is is show how much you know we're obligated that it says oh my gosh, get off my screen um, you know to each of these different countries that we do. That we do foreign aid. oh, uh, that's driving me nuts that I can't that I can't get I can't get that. Um let's see that one went away. Uh, well, that's just not going on. I I think they're not putting having this one go away because they know that's what you're doing. You keep clicking on it. It's a Walgreens ad. I'm not gonna stop shopping at Walgreens. Get rid of your stupid ads. But anyway, we'll we'll get off of my tangent about these ads. So anyway, so but we all, you know, we do have, you know, know, millions of dollars that we do in foreign aid with all these other countries, right? Um, Like for instance, we gave uh, here's the countries that receive the most, like Afghanistan. I mean, we give Afghanistan, you know, four point eight nine billion dollars. Now again, you know, that's not up to forty billion, but you see what I what what we're talking about. And then look at all the money we're spending on illegal immigrants. You know, coming in you know sending to hotels and things of that nature, so anyway, so my point being is you know i would much rather see us spend forty billion of dollars helping out the middle class, you know, and remember these these middle class are paying taxes, so it's not like they're you know they're not paying any of the taxes that would otherwise be doing this, and that's one thing that you know at least moving up to the election, but I hope the Republicans you know just you know leave alone okay, so that they Uh, You know, and I I think they have, because I I think it's, frankly, I think it's a losing issue for the the Republicans. Now, do I think that the student loan forgiveness is going to, you know, keep people, you know, make people vote for Democrats and not a Republican? Uh, I'm not. I mean, I'm still going to vote for Republicans, even though they're against the student loan forgiveness. And I think a lot of people are, but, I mean, just look at. You know what's happening when you vote Democrats. anyway. it's it's not you know the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Uh, I'm not you know that's just one issue. Now I think if the economy was in better shape, uh, I think if inflation wasn't you know where it's at, and if I think that grocery prices and gas prices aren't where they're at, what, that people will would uh, be more you know not more likely, but I think they might be more attracted to the idea of, especially those who have, you know, outstanding student loans, where almost all of it or a good part of it would be paid off with the loan forgiveness. If the the economy wasn't so bad, and we know it's the Democrats' fault, uh, then they may reconsider saying, "Eh, it it would be in my best interest this time around uh, to vote for uh, a Democrat. However, with the economy being as bad as it is, I don't think that this issue is going to sway very many people if they're already going to vote for a Republican uh, to vote for a Democrat in order to, um, you know, in in order to get that, you know, get it passed if they're afraid that the Republicans are going to stop it. So that's my take on that. Now, uh, let's say that the Republicans do win the House and do win the Senate. Now, I'm not. I mean, honest. I'm not much for reaching across the aisle or or doing something in the you know, just because they say, oh, we you know we're being doing something that's bipartisan. I mean, I'm not you know elections have consequences, right? And so I'm not real big into doing things just because you know we show we reach across the aisle, you know. But one thing I think the Republicans should do if they were to uh, take the House and the Senate. Is to not only, you know, this is one issue that I think that, one, they should actually support realizing how it will help the middle class uh, for the student loan forgiveness. I mean, even with the cost, I mean, we, we could find a way because it's, you know, you know so much waste. And as I already told you, you know, how much we spent on, we've been spending on the war over there in Ukraine. And then we spend all this money over in the, uh, you know, on, in foreign countries for all this other foreign aid. Not to mention that they, you know, domestically, I mean, at least the people who are in college, they're probably working now. They're not, you know, and, and they've, they've, again, they've worked hard to get themselves, you know, to the position where they're at to get their college degree, to get their education. Let's say they, you know, worked for McDonald's or worked at a restaurant. I mean, when I was younger, I mean, I worked in the restaurant industry. Uh, that we all know historically you know, that doesn't pay much. You know, not even the managers make that much money. They make more, of course, than your general uh, associate worker, but, you know, they, they don't. So a lot of people's, you know, one thing that's coming up that we're paying for is uh, the increase in food stamps is going up by 12.5%. Now, you're taking taxpayers' dollars to give it to people who, you know, aren't working or. You know, they, they're working at some because the argument is, well, the people that want to, you know, give them the 12, a 12.5% increase because of inflation uh, on their food stamps uh, is, uh, well, they're working at McDonald's or their Walmart people, things of that nature. You know, they're working in those industries. Well, my point is with that is what, where you're taking away their motivation to go to college. You know, they're taking away their motivation to, uh, you know, to better themselves. And so, you know, we'll spend all these, you know, I haven't looked, I have to look it up, but, you know, I I'm, I'm, would like to find out how much their plan is, but how much is that increase going to be, you know, how much is that increase going to be if they were to increase, or they're going to by October, they're already doing it, increasing, you know, the amount of food stamps that people get. And so here we are helping out people who aren't working to better themselves or who didn't go to college to try to better themselves and we're we're giving we're giving them money for them not doing the you know doing the work. So that's another thing so what the uh, I think the Republicans, you know, you know, c- can do. It's like, look, you know, we can, we need to stop increasing food stamps to people because you know, these are the people who you know, they they're not doing what you know, like for instance I mean, I, as I said earlier, I mean, I worked, I, you know, full time I went to school full time. When I did have my degree, if I wanted my daughter and I did uh, to go to get a private education, uh, what I did is, I mean, I worked two part-time jobs. I worked my full-time jobs and then I cleaned classrooms uh, to have the money pay for her tuition, and then I also worked at a local ball stadium, and all the money I, I made there went to. Uh, you know, you know went, went to the school. So that's the thing that the Republicans, if they were to win the House and Senate, those are the type of things I think that's just, you know, two would be to support, you know, the, uh, you know, the working, you know, like you know, working class, you know, as they, they say they have been. But those are just two examples, I think, of how the Republicans could. Um, another thing I'd like them to uh, work on is to fully fund the Artemis program. Because, you know, space exploration is actually – when you hear the Democrats all the time, oh, this is an investment, this is an investment, unlike their, you know, the, the the bill they passed, you know, oh, well, the inflation re- reduction bill or what have you. Of course, we know it's anything but. But when you invest in the space program, and there's many reasons, both economically and national security reasons, to uh, fund the space programs to uh, fully fund the Artemis program is you know for every dollar spent, you get six you know six dollars you know, a return in investment when you're, when you invite you know when you do any type of investment, even if it's tax dollar investment in, in, the, in the space program. so that's another thing that they can do that would be you know beneficial you know for you know for the United States so I'd hope to see. The American people do that. Uh, I'm not the American people. You know, the House, you know, the Republicans take the House and the Senate uh, for them to do that. And so now one thing we, we hear them that they are, say they're going to do is they say they're going to do a lot of investigations. Okay? And so let's hope that uh, they keep their word because I think a lot of people are going to vote for the Republicans for the very reason they think that, okay, well, we're finally going to address uh, this corruption that's going on in Washington, D.C. So I think that that's going to be, you know, one thing that they, uh, they're they going to have to do, uh, because especially if they want to take 2024, you know, win in 2024. But, of course, uh, that's a whole another thing. Is, I think the Republicans got a good chance uh, of winning uh, 2024 especially if the economy keeps up uh, that the way that it is. But I think that the uh, they're going to have to do all those, you know, all those investigations uh, into, you know, the FBI raid, you know, uh, what they did at mar lago I think they need to investigate what happened with that. I think they need to investigate the, the uh, Department of Justice and how they're going after uh, political opponents. I think they should look to see in ways in which they can actually impeach Merrick Garland. I think they should try to impeach him. And then who knows? Maybe even uh, if they find out what they can find out about Hunter Biden, impeach. Uh, yeah, impeach Biden. Now, of course, if we impeach Biden, then we're going to be stuck with Kamala Harris, and who wants that? So I think she's she's kind of a safeguard to try to get people to get you know to uh to impeach him because then we'll have harris and i think harris would be even a worse uh uh position for us uh than 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 trump you than uh, than biden Boy, I was having a biden moment there so you know those are just a, a few things you know the investigations i think they need to leave the uh loan forgiveness alone actually support it because it will help them middle class uh, help uh you know fully fund the artists program do these investigations perhaps you know impeach people uh, when it comes to the FBI not only investigate it I, it might need a, a, a full overhaul i think the uh, the fbi needs a full overhaul uh, <clears throat> excuse me at least, at least at the top levels i think a lot of your top people just need to be uh you know, just need to be made to resign, you know, just say, look, we're, we're firing you basically. You don't make them resign, fire them. Uh, same with some of these generals that we have in the military. I mean, what the hell do they think about what they're doing with uh, the American military, especially with the threats that we have going on right now? Threats because we have a weak president, and they see even if Biden were to go away, they see who Kamala Harris is. And I mean, could you imagine foreign policy? under, you know, Kamala Harris, I mean, that would be, uh, that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> so it's it's going to be a, a long, few years, even if the, the Republicans do uh, win the House and the Senate. So those are just a few things that, you know, we wanted to, you know, I wanted to touch on, uh, on things that the Republicans, if they win the, ha- the you know, House and the Senate, now, now what? The one thing we touched on uh, in the beginning of the program is about Tulsi Gabbard. Wow, there's some news. Now, of course, I knew she was she wasn't long after the, her debates in the Democrat, uh, you know, the Democrat uh, primary for president. Uh, I knew she wasn't long for the for the Democrat Party. Uh, one thing, she didn't hate Trump enough, and you know, so that that was one thing going against her. She wasn't constantly, you know, barraging, you know, President Trump. And two, she loves America too much, uh, and those two things just cannot be allowed. And today's uh, Democrat Party, they are new, Democrat Party today is is not the, the party of you know JFK. They're just they're not. And so you know, I knew she wasn't long for them. Now she decided to uh, to leave the party. And I I do have some uh, audio keyed up here uh, that I'll play. That you know, just a, a part of her you know her show. Uh, where she made the announcement about, you know, her leaving the Democrat Party. And then we'll talk about, you know, or I'll talk about, I see Kelly's on the line, maybe Kelly's talk with us as, as well, uh, about what that means actually for the Republican Party, uh, you know, moving forward. So let's get that uh, keyed up here for you.
3: The very first show that we're putting out, uh, there's nothing more precious that we have to give to one another than time. So I just wanna let you know, I appreciate that you are taking some time out of your day to spend with me here on the Tulsi Gabbard Show. Uh, We got a lot to talk about today. We got a lot to talk about in the coming weeks. Uh, I will be sharing my perspective on a whole host of topics and issues, and I really look forward to sharing some interesting conversations with you um, with people who I know very well, as well as those who I may be meeting for the first time, but who have an interesting perspective on uh, challenges we face, on opportunities that we have ahead of us. Uh, I think you'll like what we have to share.
2: Okay, that's just kind of, uh, all of the beginning on her show,
0: so...
3: my mind and has been troubling me for quite some time and has now compelled me to take action. I love our country. God-given rights of freedom, life, and liberty that are enshrined in our Constitution, Bill of Rights, are what inspires me. I answered the call to duty. I took an oath dedicating my life to supporting and defending those freedoms, both in uniform and in public office. I had the good fortune of growing up here in Hawaii, and growing up here gave me a very special appreciation for the importance of our environment, uh, protecting our water, protecting our natural resources, and, you know, I used to go and do beach cleanups as a kid and, and do other things trying to protect our home, but I always felt like I needed to do more, and so when I was 21 years old, I decided to run for Hawaii State House so that I could actually be in a position to do that, to protect the environment. I had never had any interest in running for office. Before that, I was not politically affiliated, but as I was filling out the paperwork to go and file my election papers, I had to choose which box I would check. I had to choose which party I would affiliate with. So before doing that, I thought, I need to do my research. And as I read more and learned more, I was inspired by Democrats who stood up against the war in Vietnam. I was inspired by those who here in Hawaii fought for plantation workers who were being abused and exploited by wealthy landowners, but had nobody to stand up for them and be their voice. I was inspired by leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. and Robert F. Kennedy. I was drawn to the ideals of a big tent, inclusive Democratic Party, that stood up for working men and women, that stood up for the little guy. Now, in contrast, as I read about the Republican Party at that time, it seemed like it was a party that stood for the interests of big business and warmongering elites. I became a Democrat and remained one for the last 20 years. Yes, an independent Democrat, to be sure, but a Democrat nonetheless. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It's now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution, and who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police, who protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, these are some of the main reasons I'm leaving the Democratic Party, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about them here with you today, but these are really important issues, and in the coming weeks, I hope you'll join me because I'm going to be going into each and every one of these in more depth. And the pro-war Democratic Party of today has led us to the brink of nuclear war. This party is led by warmongers who are firmly in the grips of the military-industrial complex and don't know or don't care about the cost of war or who pays the price. President Biden and Democratic Party elites have pushed us to the precipice of nuclear war, risking starting World War III and destroying the world as we know it. This is the most urgent existential threat that we face. I ran for president in 2020 because I knew that this is where we were headed. All the signs were there. I raised this issue every single day during the campaign and on the national debate stage. For those of you who may have come to a town hall or who were watching, I'm sure you noticed. But the politicians and the media completely ignored it. They didn't care then And they don't care now. Now, Obviously, I didn't win that election. So I don't have the power to do what is necessary to prevent it. President Biden and Congress do. But they very irresponsibly are refusing to use that power to protect the safety of our country, the American people, and the world from the devastation that a nuclear holocaust would bring. To protect our loved ones, to protect our children and our world. I'm calling on every one of you, every American, to join me in standing up to these cowardly politicians now. This made our last chance to do so. Today's Democratic Party rejects the rule of law. What does that mean? The people's trust, our trust, in the rule of law is the foundation of our democracy. by weaponizing the security state and federal law enforcement for their own partisan political ambitions, Democrat leaders are undermining the rule of law and turning our democracy into a banana republic. Across the country we see a lot of examples of this. We see Democrat politicians calling for defunding the police, demonizing the police, and enacting laws that favor criminals' rights over those of everyday Americans. We have so-called progressive DAs, district attorneys that let violent criminals out of jail, refusing to charge them, even though many have been arrested 30, 40, or even 50 times. So is it any surprise, really, that crime and murder rates are rapidly increasing? People don't feel safe walking down the street in their own neighborhoods? Don't feel safe allowing their kids to walk to school? Is it any surprise that firearm purchases for self-defense have skyrocketed over the last couple of years? Now, under the Obama administration, the IRS was used to target conservative groups. Now, Biden's Department of Justice recently indicted 11 pro-life activists for organizing an event blockading an abortion clinic that's what they were charged with they didn't use physical force they weren't dangerous but seven of those 11 they're facing 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000 let's say that again seven of these pro-life protesters are facing 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000 The Biden Department of Justice and Department of Homeland Security have focused their newly formed domestic terror unit to target parents who are vocally standing in opposition to radical curriculums and explicit sexual content being taught to their kids in public schools. Biden administration is labeling these parents as terrorists just for showing up at school board meetings and demanding change. President Biden campaigned on a message of unity, healing the partisan divide, bringing the country together. He just gave a big speech saying that supporters of President Trump are the most extremist group in our country and a threat to our democracy. The country. Now you've got Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris they are proclaiming that the Supreme Court is illegitimate. They disagree with its rulings. They're undermining the legitimacy of the Supreme Court, given their position of power and making these statements. We've got the Biden administration that stood by and did absolutely nothing as activists protested outside the homes of Supreme Court justices during all hours of the day and night in clear violation of federal law. Now go back and look again. How did the Biden administration treat those pro-life nonviolent protesters and look at how they treated those who are protesting outside the homes, their families and children of the Supreme Court justices live. When the party in power does not believe in the rule of law, but they're responsible for writing and enforcing laws. Our democracy is doomed. Today's Democratic Party does not believe in our constitutionally protected right to free speech. Fostering diversity of thought and freedom of expression is the very foundation of any flourishing democracy. Democratic Party leaders don't agree. They are led by fanatical ideologues who pose a threat to our democracy because they don't believe in freedom. They don't believe in freedom of speech. They don't believe in freedom of thought, freedom of religion. Because of that, they try to censor speech that they don't like, labeling it as, hey, this is misinformation, this is hate speech, this is violent speech, and they are working hand in glove with corporate for-profit media and big tech to smear and silence political opponents and anyone who dares to challenge their authority, their narrative and therefore exposing their insecurities. Not too long ago, the Biden administration even tried launching their own ministry of truth with the objective of controlling what information we are allowed to read, hear, and say. They will determine what is misinformation, what is true, and what is not. Their ideology is one of hate divisiveness rather than respect and love aloha and they stand diametrically opposed to traditional liberalism Which recognizes the basic goodness of people and the autonomy of the individual supporting civil liberties Supporting a government of the people by the people and for the people Now tell me How can a political party that is opposed to freedom be trusted with our democracy and our God-given freedoms enshrined in the constitution. They can't
2: be. Okay. Right there. Uh, going to be, uh, they have ads and things of that nature. So I tell you what, she's hitting on a lot of good points there. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's good to see, as I said, I knew she wasn't uh, along for the, the Democrat party. Uh, but, again i don't she's not i don't know if she ever said she's a republican uh but i think i hope i I'm hoping she's not going to be uh you know an independent but we'll we'll see right to
3: freedom of religion the constitution recognizes that our freedom comes from God not the government, not any government. Unfortunately, Democratic Party leaders reject this truth and are hostile toward people of faith and spirituality and actively try to undermine our religious freedom. Now, during the 2020 Democratic National Convention, they chose to omit the words, under God, from our Pledge of Allegiance. We've seen over years how high-profile Democratic leaders openly mock or discriminate against people of faith, especially Christians. President Obama once ridiculed Americans for clinging to their guns and religion. Vice President Kamala Harris, back when she was a U.S. Senator in 2018, she remarked that being a member of the Knights of Columbus, a Catholic charity organization, a nonprofit, disqualified Brian Boucher from serving as a federal judge. Senator Dianne Feinstein derided now Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who happens to be a devout Catholic, during her Senate confirmation hearing, stating, quote, the dogma lives loudly within you. Now let's remember the Constitution. Article 6, Section 3 says, and I quote, no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. How is it that the Democratic Party of today doesn't seem to know this? The Democratic Party of today has forgotten that freedom of religion does not mean freedom from religion. Our government respect every American's deeply personal relationship with God and our freedom to express that and practice that faith without fear of state-sponsored reprisal or punishment, censorship, or discrimination. Now, whether you believe in God or not isn't the point here. The point is that any political party that is trying to erase the presence of God from every facet of public life and is hostile towards those who choose to worship God cannot be trusted to protect our inalienable God-given rights enshrined in the Constitution, and therefore should not be in power. Today's Democratic Party does not believe in our constitutionally protected right to bear arms. Our founders passed the Second Amendment out of a recognition that every one of us as Americans has a right to defend ourselves and our loved ones and to serve as a check on a tyrannical government seeking to take away our God-given freedom. The Democratic Party's hatred of the Second Amendment and their increasing authoritarian instincts poses a serious threat to our freedoms. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47, said Beto O'Rourke at a debate when he was running for president. That's one example of many that display this hatred for the Second Amendment by leading Democrats in this country. Our founders intentionally passed the Second Amendment right after the First Amendment. The majority ruling from the recent Supreme Court uh, striking down New York's law that barred people from concealed carry firearms really summarized clearly why Democrats are so wrong to try to take away our Second Amendment rights. And I wanna wanna read this statement from that ruling uh, because it really says it so clearly. Just as we do not need to seek a permit to stand on the street corner and exercise our right to free speech, we shouldn't have to seek permission for a law-abiding citizen to carry a firearm. We as a society don't get to pick and choose which of our rights in the Constitution are more worthy of protecting than another end of quote the protecting our freedom to defend ourselves and those we love and protecting our rights and freedoms enshrined in the constitution against the tyrannical power is exactly why we must ensure that our right to bear arms shall not be infringed today's democratic party is brother undermining our civil liberties the fourth amendment of the constitution ensures quote, the right of the American people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures, end of quote. Democratic elite party leaders have had many opportunities to uphold our Fourth Amendment rights, to get rid of unconstitutional provisions of the Patriot Act that violate our civil liberties. When I was in Congress, I introduced legislation that would repeal the Patriot Act and address the dangerous secret FISA courts being used to undermine our civil liberties, especially those protected by the Fourth Amendment. You wouldn't be surprised to know that Democratic Party leaders didn't move my bill forward, even allowing it for a vote. Because every time they've had the opportunity, they choose to side with the security state instead of siding with our liberty, our freedom. And we see a lot of examples of this, whether it's using the IRS to snoop into our bank accounts because we sent someone over $600 on Venmo or the Cash App, or supporting the corrupt system of civil asset forfeiture to seize property from law-abiding Americans who've not even been charged with a crime and if you're one of those people, good luck getting your money or your property back without suing the government. Or, most recently, getting credit card companies to keep track of any and all firearm and ammunition-related purchases. The Democratic Party stands over and over again with giving Big Brother more power and control over our lives. This stands diametrically opposed our constitution and the vision that our founders had for us. Today's democratic party racializes everything and blatantly foments anti-white racism. The democratic machine has betrayed Dr. Martin Luther King's dream, his dream of a nation where we are judged based on the content of our character rather than the color of our skin. And in their blind pursuit of power, democrat leaders have reduced each of us as God's children to the color of our skin, using identity politics to tear us apart all so they can win a few votes, all all so they can gain more political power. Democrats were completely silent in the face of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's blatant racist policy of only accepting interviews with reporters of color because she was struck with the, quote, overwhelming whiteness and maleness. Modern-day segregation in schools is being promoted by racial profiteers like Robin DiAngelo and the corrupt, self-identified cultural Marxists who lead Black Lives Matter. Where does the Democratic Party of today stand on that? Well, they embrace these people and their ideology and celebrate their racist agenda. They support programs that are teaching our kids in public schools but they are either the privileged or the victims, the oppressors or the oppressed, color of their skin. They have become the racists that they claim to hate.
2: Well, I tell you what, uh, I I just can't stop listening to this. I know we're just gonna play uh, a part of her her speech as to uh, why she left the Democrat Party, uh, but I'm just riveted. <laughs> By listening to her and if you recall if you listen to uh some of the comments I've made in the past about Tulsi Gabbard, you know, I've always kind of been a fan of hers. So uh, I again this doesn't surprise me to see this. And again, if you listen to the past, uh I, I can't remember if since said she wasn't long for the Republican Party, but I did say that uh, the Democrats weren't wouldn't support her for those reasons I mentioned earlier. Today's
3: Democratic Party is anti Woman. There's no greater expression of hatred and hostility towards women than to erase the existence of women as a category of people. Now, if you've been paying attention, the Democratic Party has always claimed they, to be the champions for women, to uh, stand proudly for the passage and enactment of Title IX, making history, leveling the playing field for women and girls. But if you listen to them lately and you look at what they're doing, The Biden administration and today's Democratic Party are spitting in the face of these achievements by rejecting the objective truth and reality that women exist and are not just a construct in someone's mind. They can no longer even define what a woman is and they're demanding that we replace words like mother with birthing person and place women at risk just to please biological men who claim to be women at any given moment. They're taking away opportunities and futures from girls in sports by allowing transgender athletes who until recently identified as men and who clearly have a biological advantage, being a man, to compete against women. Now behind the scenes, behind the curtain, The Biden administration is quietly trying to change Title IX through a backdoor rule change that would actually remove women and biological sex from the Title IX statute. Now, if you remember, Title IX was passed specifically out of a recognition of the difference in the biological sex between men and women. And by recognizing that difference in the biological sex, providing opportunities and fairness and a level playing field for women and girls. The Biden administration's action now to take away women and biological sex from that definition of Title IX is absolutely taking away opportunities for millions of young girls and women across the country. They're even now going so far as to claim that it is sexual harassment to address someone by the wrong pronouns. When you look at all of their actions, really what they're trying to do is to force us to comply. They're trying to force us to comply with this literal insanity by trying to regulate our speech and thoughts with the threat of punishment if we don't comply. By denying that there are biological differences between men and women,
0: they're erasing
3: women and denying the existence of objective truth. This is really a bigger issue here because if one denies the existence of truth, then there are no boundaries. There are no limits in our society and really what happens then is the truth becomes whatever those in power want it to be. And that's exactly what we are seeing happen in our society in this country today. Today's Democratic Party is undermining families. Families are the bedrock of civilization.
0: Today's Democratic
3: Party does not recognize this truth and the importance of the central foundational role that families play in our society and civilization. Because they don't recognize this truth, they wanna strip away the rights of parents to raise their kids, claiming, hey, we in the government know what's better for you, you and your children and your family better than you do. Democratic Governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, said last year, there is no role for parents in determining a school's curriculum. Parents don't, you don't get a say. The largest teachers union in the country and one of the Democratic Party's biggest donors, the National Education Association, recently passed a resolution that endorses the teaching of critical race theory in classrooms across the country. Public school districts, are implementing policies that sexualize kids as young as five or six years old. Taxpayer dollars are being used to bring in drag strippers and encourage gender transition surgery in minors, all kept secret from their parents. Teachers not being allowed to talk to parents about what's going on with their children at school. We have the Department of Health and Human Services Secretary, Rachel Levine, saying, Young children should be empowered to get gender affirmation treatment, which often involves puberty blockers, chemical castration, and irreversible surgeries that cause long-term harm to kids. Parents don't comply. The federal government threatens to bring in child protective services, get them involved, and take your kids away. Families are the foundation of civilization and our society. And today's Democratic Party's policies are very quickly eroding that foundation to the detriment of us all. Said a lot of things here today. I've briefly outlined many of the serious challenges and problems that we're facing. And I'm gonna be going into more depth on each of these because they deserve that time and attention as we go forward in the coming weeks But as we end uh, our show today, I don't want to leave you feeling hopeless.
2: Okay, folks, uh, that was kind of moving itself back around to where we started, uh, because it played for like nine hours uh, straight on uh, the Internet yesterday. And so that was uh, her speech. Let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
1: I, I am amazed. I am so amazed by her. I mean, I watched a couple other videos of her. I'm like, is she really a Democrat? What's going on here? And she has a pretty sound mind. The way she presents things is not – it's not hate. The way she presents it is is factual and – Not academic. She has some special gifts there in her communication. And, uh, you know, I'm like, was she on the road to Damascus? What happened? You know, I didn't realize she had these core values. When I say the road to Damascus, I mean the Apostle Paul was rounding up Christians. And then on the road to Damascus, Jesus appeared to him, and Paul had a complete conversion. And eventually, Apostle Paul was was killed by the Jews. Um, so, I mean, oh my gosh, you know, you in no certain terms, the Democrat Party will absolutely disown her for this, for exposing this. And truth, Tabby Gold uh, – Tabby Gold uh, – sorry. Um, yeah, she's amazing, absolutely stunning and amazing. And she's obviously studied the Constitution. Um, she mentioned – I was a little ticker – you know, marking the number of times she said the Constitution or a section of the Constitution or an amendment, and I think it was, well, it was at least over a dozen times. She mentioned God five or six times, family a number of times. Um, family is the foundation of society. Um, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. In no uncertain terms, they are going to disown her. They will be furious with her, but she's exposing it, and what phenomenal influence she'll have. You know, this kind of reminds me of the Declaration of Independence, okay? And uh, this is stunning. Um, there's a number of points, Jefferson and the committee, that did the Declaration of Independence. Um, the, okay, there's three sections of the Constitution. One is the introduction. The second is specific. Offences the king has done, um, he has refused to assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has of course, this is King George, he has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance. He has suspended the legislative bodies, meaning the colonial legislatures. Um, he has uh, he has refused for a long time other such delusions dissolution to cause others to be elected. He's putting his people into power. He's putting judges according to his will, will only. He is blocking, uh, he is preventing trial by jury. Um, he is quartering large troops of armed soldiers amongst us. And um, he, the list is quite, quite long of the offenses of King George. And he And in this he says, Uh, uh, The declaration says, a prince whose character is thus marked by every act, which may define a tyrant, is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. One of their conclusions uh, in the declaration says, he has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. And then this document says, we're done. Kelly. Kelly,
2: real quick. While you continue… But on two occasions already, maybe three, uh, I, I lost your audio, not because of you, but I keep getting kicked off here of Blog Talk Radio. My, my phone keeps, uh, my call in, I should say, keeps getting disconnected. So if you don't hear me, that's because it keeps kicking me off. Now, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's NS, our friend uh, NSA Bob that's done it twice to me already, but if you hear me get quiet, it's because uh, I, I keep getting disconnected and have to uh, connect back into uh, the program. So I just wanted to do that programming. It's happened to me twice. So if you don't hear me for a bit, it's going it's that. So I don't know if something's trying to shut down this show for some reason or what, but it's happened to me twice. So, but go ahead.
1: Yeah, so in the declaration – the founding generation said such a tyrant is not fit to be the ruler of a free people. Tulsi, she went through a whole bunch of points, and I don't know how she did that. She's a phenomenal communicator. But she said, um, with these people in power, democracy is doomed because the rule of law is not respected and they are unfit to hold power. It's quite the parallel with the Declaration of Independence. You know, she talked about weaponizing the FBI against um, pro-life uh, protesters, uh, ministry of truth to control our speech, hate and divisiveness. Uh, they don't respect autonomy of an the individual. Uh, they don't respect the God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution to acknowledge that freedom comes from God. Um, they are actively trying to undermine uh, Republicans in their freedom. They mock Christians in their faith. Um, they're violating the religious, religious test when appointments are being made for different positions. Um, it cannot be, they just cannot be trusted, and they should not be in power. She supports the Second Amendment. The Democrats are supporting Big Brother uh, to spy, and it's, I'm really impressed that she introduced bills to terminate the Patriot Act, but the Dems wouldn't even allow it to be discussed on the floor. They're fomenting anti-white racism, um, different from what Martin Luther King had identified. They're doing identity politics. This is – she called them Marxists, and the Democrats support – well, there's different Marxist theories that have come into the Democrat Party, and the Democrats are supporting it. Um, Kids are being turned into victim in the classroom. I I wrote these down as, as I was listening, of course um and and she said the democrats have become the racist they claim to hate the democrats are warmongers and i i i'm just un, unbelievable undermining families the crt um sexualizing kids and parents don't get an opportunity to have input in in the schools um and they're being quite tyrannical this is mind blowing women anti-women Um, erasing all the existing progress that has been made and now they're trying to um, get a backdoor law a backdoor law to remove the biological definition definition of a woman in Title IX they're actually uh, forcing us to commit insanity of all this and there's no limits uh, well, when you erase a woman's identity biologically, you are just degrading and undermining women. It's just it's, it's stunning. And she, one of her concluding thoughts is when when a government or a political party is denying um, existing objective truth, then there are no limits to what they will do next. When objective truth is denied.
2: Well, She's saying they're unfit for power. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because then the truth becomes whatever they say it is.
1: Yeah. Frightening. But she exposed it. She exposed it in no uncertain terms. I would encourage people to read the Declaration of Independence because there's specific points that they made to justify independence in the Revolutionary War, I and mean, now we have our own country. Um, she's hammering them. She exposed them. This is—I call this an October surprise, an October surprise. And so she did another podcast today. I didn't have time to listen, but she did another one, and as she said she's going to go through these different points in greater detail. I am really impressed. I am really, really impressed. Oh, I'm sure there are some Democrats absolutely going to hate her, foaming at the mouth, hate her.
2: Oh, is uh, they're going to call hour. her. And she was a rising star. I mean, she was a rising star in the Democrat Party just I mean, not that many years ago. Wasn't she there
1: on Obama uh, Biden's? She oh was Biden. a vice
2: chair at one Biden? point.
1: Yeah, she was up on 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 the right uh, right next to uh, uh, Biden when he got inaugurated. Wasn't she up there on with a number of them?
2: Yeah, think mean, she was she was a vice chair of the Democrat Party at the time, I believe.
1: Yeah, she was – I think she was sworn in, or when Biden was sworn in, she was up there with him. Um, But wow, 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 wow. I hope somebody else calls in and gets some other comments. We can go into details. We can get into quite a bit of details here. Um, But that's a fundamental thinking is that um, our liberties come from God, and then our founders codified our liberties in the Constitution. Not all of them. Quite a number of the basic uh, liberties we need. Second Amendment, oh my! And she said, "I like the Supreme Court case." And I read from the court case. It was out of New York, a recent recent case. It is up there with the First Amendment, and people don't have the right to pick and choose what part of the Constitution they like and don't like. And she's even accusing. She said the Democrats have. Um went absolutely sour against the United States Supreme Court just because the Democrats don't like the Supreme Court rulings. Unbelievable. Plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. That's what the founding generation wrote about King George, much what uh, Ms. Tabby has done. But she's um, she's she's not
2: pulling any punches.
1: Oh, my gosh. What? Can you imagine how many well, uh, votes the Democrats are going to lose from this?
2: Well, she can't, she can't, uh, she's campaigning in New Hampshire with the Republican candidate up there. I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, she, yeah, she's campaigning with him. The guy running for – uh, okay. the Gabbard is, okay. I think he's running for the Senate in New Hampshire. I think she's in New, New, what is it, New Hampshire with the guy running in New Hampshire. Wow. So now I'm not saying that she's a Republican. Uh, you know, I don't think she's announced that she's going to actually be, become a Republican. But I tell you what, one of the things I think you know the Republicans should do is to uh, to approach her to run for something in 2024. And not necessarily run for president. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that Trump's going to uh, run and he, he will get the nomination. And I think I still think the chances is going to be his running mate. I think that would be the smart thing to do. I think Trump should win one year you know win uh go go one term and then and then hand it over to the Francis afterwards now maybe she could, now I think she would make a i think she'd make a great secretary of state frankly uh for a for a trump administration. I think she'd be good as a you know in the Secretary of state
1: well, I'm not now, so sure trump's gonna I'm I'm not so sure Trump's going to win in 2024. DeSantis is giving hints of running. Um, I wish we had time to explain why Trump may not be doing so well. Even Tucker Carlson mentioned something. But um, I could see – this is just a a guess. I could see a DeSantis president, Tulsi Gabbard vice president. So uh, Ron DeSantis and Tulsi Gabbard uh, ticket – and the reason – this would be strategic of the Republican Party, extremely strategic because Tulsi is going to pull anywhere from 5, 10, maybe 15 percent of the Democrat vote her way, plus the independents. Some say, well, I'm a, Democrat. Oh, I'm a Republican. Well, I'm, I'm a libertarian. But the, um, the independents, she would pull them over and women a big time. Um, and so strategically the Republicans might, you know, it, it's my gut feeling is Ron DeSantis is going to be, he's going to win the primary. Um, I have some, some inside information of what's going to be happening the next many months and DeSantis is going to look like a hero. and I saw a hint of it today on the news, but, um, and it's going to really hurt Trump, but, um, DeSantis is going That'll for work. truth.
2: Well whether it's well whether it's Trump or whether it's um you know, whether it's Trump or whether it's, you know, DeSantis I mean now, now you got now you got me you're piquing my curiosity here, uh, Kelly. Uh and what you're talking about there. Um, so what 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 do you well? I mean you're you're alluding to something but you're not giving us but you know you're not giving specifics, and i kind of curious for that.
1: All right, let me tell you why Trump may not win in 24, and why DeSantis could win in 25. I'm sorry, 24. Why DeSantis will beat Trump in the 2024 primary. A number of factors, but one is that he is he's uh, part Hispanic. He's part Hispanic. Um, but Trump did Operation Warp Speed, okay? Yeah, let's get this. Let's get this injection. You know, let's, let's hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Let's get it done. You know. Um, well, just a couple days ago, the Surgeon General of Florida, appointed by DeSantis, was on Fox News, and he said. They've done a study, and they found that there's an 84 in, 84% increase in myocarditis deaths in men from ages 18 to 39 because of the COVID shot. And the Surgeon General of the state of Florida is now advising, do not take the shot. And they qualified this. Eighty-four percent increase in myocarditis, which is it causes heart attacks. Basically, myocarditis is is um, thing of uh, particulate stuff that's causing uh, restricted blood flow, clogging the arteries and the veins and capillaries. Uh, and it's coming from the shot. As they qualified. They qualified this data of men who had been vaccinated and died within twenty eight days. Up eighty four percent. So um DeSantis is exposing that the injections are dangerous. DeSantis is a uh, uh, Surgeon General. Now Several weeks ago, I watched Tucker Carlson piece about what the Democrats are saying about Trump because theirs a vaccine adverse event uh, reporting system, theirs okay, adverse event reporting system, V-A-E-R-S. Anyway, the data is coming in, and only maybe 1% to 10% of people that had an adverse reaction is reported on the government system, but there still is enough, and it's moving forward. And there's other stuff coming out of Massachusetts that's pretty point blank frightening. Um, but these shots are not safe; they are not effective, and the side effects are far worse than on an, on this nation than the COVID shots. Now, the Democrats, that's what Tuck Carlson put on the screen, the Democrats are preparing to make statements and blame all this on Donald Trump because he did Operation Warp Speed. He got the injections um, available. He even wanted to use the National Guard to distribute the quote-unquote vaccines, um, but not vaccines because they don't have dead or weakened viruses in them. They have MNRA M- um, in them that changes genetics. But Tucker Carlson put on the screen that uh, words of Democrat congressman. The Democrats know – the Democrats, uh, some of the congressmen know this is coming. There are terrible uh, consequences. All-cause death, Mil- a group of military doctors put this together, is up 40%. All-cause death, let's die from anything, is up 40% from normal. So the Democrats are going to blame it on Donald Trump, and, and, and Tucker Carlson put it up on the screen, what the Democrats' words were, congressmen. Democrat congressman, and their strategy is to blame Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump can say, well, we had everything perfectly tested and approved, and everything's fine, but when Biden got into office, he switched the chemical formula for the injections. Who's going to believe Donald Trump when he says that? That's just a little too whacked, and by the time it comes out, that that might be true. <laughs> But by the time it comes uh, comes out, Donald Trump is just not – I don't think he's going to win because of this, because the Democrats are going to blame Trump. On the other hand, Democrats pushed this, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. And so when the Surgeon General and see, – let's see if the Surgeon General is aware of this, the Surgeon General of Florida. They could go to the statewide grand jury of Florida. Florida has a statewide grand jury now, but they're looking into – they first start or starting with uh, – immigration problems but if DeSantis got one he can get another statewide grand jury and find out all sorts of information about the bad side effects of the vaccines the democrats will blame it on Donald Trump and that's why DeSantis is going to look he's looking like he will win the primary and he's doing ads DeSantis is doing ads and other little things um they're promoting him the media somehow the conservative media is promoting DeSantis with little clips and little side notes and other amazing things that DeSantis I've watched several of these clips. Like DeSantis is amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Um and he, my neighbor has a, a postcard from DeSantis with him and DeSantis's wife and their kids. I'm like, how in the world did he get that nice little postcard with I don't know if he made a donation for DeSantis. I don't know. Trump will get blamed, DeSantis will expose it and that's why that's why.
2: No, um, and there's I more stuff. I, w- I wish I had time. Are you saying are you are are you gonna say that DeSantis, because he wants to be president, is going to go after uh Trump so that he can get the nomination?
1: You know how the primaries work. There can be one, two, ten, twenty candidates in the Republican Party. And the Democrat Party, there could be one, two, 20 candidates for president. Um, it's, you know, I think Trump made a critical mistake of trusting people he should not have trusted.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, that, well, that's true. There's a lot of people he didn't trust. But because, he, you know, he wasn't, I think he was kind of surprised when he seen how. How murky the the how it wasn't a swamp but it was actually a cesspool. He described it as drain the swamp. When I think a better description would have been to to, to drain the cess,
0: Excuse me,
2: drain the cesspool.
1: Yeah, well, cesspool is pretty strong. The swamp is a little more palatable. Um, well, now, you
0: why know, you and,
1: you
2: and I could. At least the swamp has ecological value. (laughs) Swamp is
1: good for something, you know, growing mosquitoes, alligators. I don't know. Um, So a cesspool is. Um, I think of raw sewage when I think of cesspool. You know, a swamp, is this see, ducks, geese? Duck hunters are happy with swamps. Um, it could be really good fishing for like catfish, uh
0: <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, a swamp might have some more benefits than a <laughs> certainly has a lot more benefits than a, a cesspool.
0: Wow. But
1: um you know, the question is with Trump. I mean, I like a lot of things Trump has done, without a question. You know, secure the borders, uh, tariffs on China, other things. Trump's done a lot of strength in our military. Trump's done a lot of really good things. Exposed. I think the number one thing he's done for this country is to expose the election fraud. And as the months go well, on, we're going important. to find more the
2: problems. the problem is to do when they win the House and Senate is do something. And I, I probably should have put in our title, not just House and Senate, but you know, you know, win some more uh, gubernatorial races as well. Yeah, this this country needs an, an overhaul, and it needs an overhaul fast.
1: Oh, no, I agree with that. If you look at what DeSantis has done, he's got a grand jury over the um, immigration problem in Florida statewide. He has appointed a governor's commission on elections that will look into and investigate, and guess what happened? They found... Uh, some cheaters, and they got them um, indicted, I guess, um, people that, that cheated in the elections, and they're just getting started. So it looks to me that DeSantis DeSantis, is getting stuff done in Florida. You know, what are some of the major problems of America right now? One is, of course, the illegal immigrants. Two is um, elections. We want secure Transparent elections uh, Three, COVID Well he didn't shut the state down during COVID DeSantis didn't shut down Florida Well Trump never did either He left it up to the governors Which is a very good constitutional position um, But just due to all the The, the independents I think would rather go for DeSantis Than they would Trump I mean it's, it's, it's wreaking no suspicion you know, it's, it's the, Trump has the appearance of evil, whether he does or not. And the media has pumped out over and over and over. Trump, evil. Trump, evil. Trump, bad. Why? Well, we don't know. Trump, evil. Trump, bad. Trump is uh, caused an insurrection. Is that true? Well, how do you know that? Well, uh, oh, the media says so. The media, see, you repeat a lie enough that people will believe it. Oh, yeah. So, I... I mean, yeah, it would be – I would like to see another term of Trump um, and then eight years of DeSantis. Of course, I would prefer a libertarian president, but that's not going to happen. But uh, well, a Trump-DeSantis
2: well, – I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, i have to disagree with you about the libertarian president. Libertarians are for open borders, my friend. I know too many. I mean, do you ever watch uh, uh gut show? yeah.
1: Yeah, I watched him a few
2: times. Yeah, but he's got a girl in there, her name's Kat. Um, I'm not a fan of her. Uh, I mean, she's a libertarian, and she's frankly for open borders. And Gary Johnson, uh, I mean, one of the reasons why I think we both didn't like him is – I mean, they're for open
1: borders. You have a lot of libertarians who are for open borders. You know, I've seen the Libertarian Party change since I got in. Um, Ron Paul was the libertarian candidate for president, I think, in eighty eight. A Ron Paul libertarian presidential candidate I would favor. But yeah, I'm I'm seeing a transition of the Libertarian Party, that they are, well, you know, we should just uh, have no borders. And I think that's absolutely foolishness. I might have to uh, switch out a Libertarian Party. But I've seen a transition. That's not very good. But would Tulsi Gabbard be able to run the Libertarian Party? The answer is probably not. Libertarians are too finicky and too picky, and Tulsi would have to have been a Libertarian for at least four, eight years, for enough people in the central committee and the body of the national convention to trust her, and I don't—that's why I would say it'd be fifty-fifty. And some libertarians would say, "No, it'd be a lot less. We ain't letting Tulsi in our party." So the Republicans could take Tulsi in, let her run for president. All you got to do is fill out the form. She's done it before. All right, so she fills out the form, she gets on stage, and they're probably going to purpose probably going to purpose to get her on stage because of the votes, the votes she will pull from the Democrats. And from her podcast that she started, we heard yesterday, day one, and she, she said she's going to do one every day. it kind of looks like she's running for president because she ain't going to get elected in Hawaii. Because Hawaii is so heavily Democrat, it's ridiculous. There's no way she'll oh, get yeah. in Congress. And, and, and she's just cooked her goose for Hawaii. So it's possible she could be, um, A, educating Americans. She's got a cause just to educate. B, she'll run for president. So my, my – I mean, I'm no, going to no, put no, my I money.
2: Think, I don't think I don't think she'll run for president again. I, I don't. Um, no, I think she may be, as we you know stated earlier, you know, you know a, you know maybe a VP ticket or again I think she I think she'd be a great Secretary of State, you know, with her experience. I think she'd be you know great for that. Um, but I don't, I don't. I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens in you know twenty twenty. You know, because again, I mean, I want to see what the Republicans do. You know. Let's say they win the House, they win the Senate. I want to see what they do, you know, in the governorship, but the House and the Senate, I want to see what they do then. You know, once they win, okay, now you got, now you win, now what? I mean, there's a lot of expectations with what, you know, the Republicans are going to need to do, uh, you know, if they take the House. I mean, one thing, I mean, they definitely got to do something about uh, the Department of Justice. They got to do something about Merrick Garland. Uh, they got to do something about the FBI. I mean, they certainly got to do stuff. Now, but before you came to the show, uh, one thing I mentioned earlier uh, is about this. Um, I think uh, I think they quieted down from it. And I think maybe they woke up. Is where they're talking about this uh, student loan forgiveness. I, I think the Republicans need to leave that
0: um, that
2: topic go. I mean, that, that, that's. That, not that I really think it would hurt them during the election,
0: um,
2: just because it's not it's not as big of a deal as what a lot of other issues are. Just like the, you know the like abortion, I don't think those two issues will cost the Republicans many votes, if any. Um, now I think if the economy wasn't so bad, uh, and you know we were on the brink of you know you know we're doing not in a proxy war with Russia. Uh, then I think that the student loan forgiveness uh, would be a bigger, um, you know, a bigger issue, a bigger, you know, as they call, you know, dinner table issue or kitchen table issue uh, than otherwise it could be, it could be if there wasn't this offense. And that's where I think it could hurt the Republicans because this loan forgiveness, Kelly, it's going to help a lot of people in the middle class. They need to just leave it alone if they do get elected. I think, you know, if they were to say there's one thing that they do that's bipartisan, that should be the bipartisan thing that they do, in my opinion, because it is going to help an awful lot of middle-class workers, a lot of middle-class families.
1: What's frustrating, you know, it would be nice if the Democrats and Republicans got together again and – They work for the best interests of the American people. However, the top Democrats tell how the other Democrats should vote. The Republicans seem to do the same thing with their own. And that's why you have such a split. Such a split. For example, in Arizona, they were trying to pass election reform laws. And it was complete party lines in the Arizona legislature election reforms and so you've got this lockstep marching orders and it's not representing the people wonderful if our congressmen cross the party lines and work with their fellow congressmen for something good for the American people but it's like night and day they're just it's like oil and water it's what has happened? I think that the, the leadership in both parties, because in the Republican Party you have the rhinos, the Mitch McConnell, et cetera. You have the rhinos that are telling the, the Liberty Caucus how to vote, what to do. And over in the Democrats, you got Nancy Pelosi and others telling the Democrats lockstep, and they're splitting the aisle. You know, it's, it's frustrating because us little people out here, um, we're suffering while they're bickering um you know and it, and here's a little joke um <clears throat> here's a little joke all right so the democrats are saying the republicans are stro- are destroying the country all right the republicans are saying no it's, it's it's so the republicans say the democrats are destroying the country democrats are saying the republicans are destroying destroying the country why don't you give us libertarians our opportunity to destroy the country <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just. It's, um, it, 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 I am glad that America has really four jurisdic four jurisdictions. You got federal, you got your state, you got your county, and then you got your cities. Um, and they fight amongst themselves. Believe it or not, cities will sue a county, or a county will sue the state, or state sue the federal government. Whatever you, you have this system. That is bringing accountability the question is will it, will our country withstand the way we've been going the last 2 years probably will we get the right people in office to care about the american people the correct answer is if we have an honest election so where is this heading um there have been um Communists have defected out of uh, many Soviet bloc countries, and they have warned America: "You're on the same path. You're exactly on the same path we were on, and we lost our country." And you know, places like Ukraine said, "Okay, Russia, goodbye. We're we're out of here." Other countries did too. Um, but the to war in Russia is a whole other topic of interest. I don't know if you want to go there
2: or. no oh, yes, yeah, sir. Sure. Go ahead.
1: Vladimir Putin and he is quite supported by his parliament and the rich oligarchs um, for what he's doing in Ukraine and they don't like the idea of the Ukraine joining NATO it was agreed after World War II with Stalin that there would be a buffer zone between NATO nations and Russia in other words uh, there would be neutral states in between Russia, the Soviet bloc, and NATO. And Russia not happy about Ukraine wanting to join NATO. Zelensky applied was it a week or two ago. He filled out the form. It was right. a big yep. event. He's he's in camos, in the street with a uh, table, and he he signs it in front of the camera. And Russia not happy. Russia thinks that uh well Ukraine was really where the the Ruskis, the Rus uh got their origin. Where the where the word Rus is men who row. Because the Vikings were in that area too. The Vikings were right, all the way yeah. to Greece. Yeah, they were quite yeah, por- they proliferous. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, they were quite uh all over
2: the place. Yeah, you the Rus were Russian. Yeah, the Rus—they call them the yeah, Rus—they were Yeah, they were from Viking origin.
1: Yeah, the Rus were men who row Vikings. You know, the Russians or the Vikings at one time had two thirds of Great Britain, the British Isles. Um, Dublin, yeah. Ireland, was founded by the Vikings. The, the king of France, the king of France—I love history—but the king of France realized, you know, these Vikings are going to come back every year. So, one big uh, Viking fraction, he made a deal with this large fraction. He said, look, I will give you the west coast of France, and you can call it whatever you want, Mr. Northman, Mr. Nor, Norman, Normandy, the Norman coast. I will give you this land if you protect us from other Vikings invading. And so the Vikings agreed. And that's where you got Normandy, Northmen. Anyway, that's fascinating? So the Vikings were very peripheral. Mm-hmm. They got into Russia or Ukraine area. Um, Russ many a row and then they um affected the politics of um you know, now what we know Russia. You went up into Russia. And it was a fascinating study on history and all these cultures and go here and there and how they affected everything you know then you had the norman conquest of england 1066 and you eventually had a rule of law somewhat from the vikings a french and viking and all that in the british system um arguably trial by jury came from the vikings anyway back to russia so they were claiming in their history that ukraine was originally a part of russia and they're also. I was listening to some guy because you know my mom taught me. There's always two sides to every story, and uh, it, it appears the western, the eastern, eastern parts of Ukraine, some regions voted to join Russia. Well, that's interesting. So on February 24th, the war started. Uh, in March, Zelensky and Putin's Met. This is Tucker Carlson again reporting this, and others have reported it since. So after quote-unquote invasion, or maybe it was occupation of the regions that voted for annexation into Russia, uh, and by the way, Zelensky is not wearing a white hat either, but Zelensky and Putin sat down, and here was the deal. Russia would pull out. If Ukraine agreed to never join NATO, and they were having talks, and then Biden ba- basically stepped in and says, "No, you don't do that. You're not going to strike a deal. You're not going to be doing this." When Tabby goes and uh, Tulsi Gabbard, she was communicating some things like this. I'm like, "What? She's exposing what's going on behind the scenes. She does her homework." And so we have a mess. And, of course, the threat of nuclear weapons is not fun to discuss. Will Putin do it? Will he not? Well, what level of a nuclear weapon? It could be a field nuke, kind of like artillery. You know, artillery you can take out a city block with a nuke. It could be a small nuclear weapon. All the way up to full-on World War III, Armageddon, uh, the world kills itself in nuclear weapons. Um, so one of the things that um, you may have heard of the nuclear sub. They say it disappeared. The Russians know where it is. Um, that submarine, uh, our satellites can no longer track it. It left the Arctic. This submarine had the Poseidon torpedo. Are you aware of the Poseidon Poseidon torpedo?
2: Yeah, I'm familiar with it.
1: Okay, should I go ahead and explain it?
2: Yeah, for those who don't, go ahead.
1: Okay, Great Britain knew about this five months ago, but it's recent with the Russian submarine missing from the Arctic. Uh, The Russian submarine has many of these Poseidon torpedoes. What this torpedo does is they launch it, and then it lands and sits on the bottom floor of the ocean. And it can be 10 miles, 20 miles, 100 miles off of our shore. Okay. And they can launch many of these, so there's a series along our east coast. They just sit there waiting. Each one of them has the power a thousand times the atomic bomb we dropped on Nagasaki. A thousand times more powerful. They hit the button, they go off at once and it produces a massive tsunami wave. Right. Estimates are five hundred yeah five hundred meters tall, which is meters to feet is three times so fifteen hundred feet tall and it would travel anywhere from 3 to 500 miles per hour even if it's 100 miles off the coast just forget it it the our, our east coast our east coast i i have some dear friends back on the east coast um they can get wiped out and they don't even have enough notice to do anything the british isles uh could be wiped out the same strategy. The Poseidon torpedo. And um, of course you got the Highlands of Scotland and Ireland, etc. But a big chunk of London would probably be toast. The West Coast could be of America, could be hurt very badly. L.A., Portland, Seattle. Florida average is about 30 feet. That's your ground elevation above sea level, the highest elevation in Florida is 345 feet. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, it's possibly Texas. Now, if those Poseidons, I don't know if they are nuclear. Though I know they're nuclear, but I don't know if they're hydrogen bombs, uranium, or plutonium. Hydrogen bombs, the radioactive effects... Are very short like we're talking a week even possibly days the radiation from uranium or the heavier elements can last years and years and years right Uh, nuclear a nuclear physicist explained this to me that the lighter elements have a a very short half-life the heavier elements have a very long half-life and that's where the radiation is coming from So if Putin has in his Poseidon torpedoes hydrogen bombs, the world may not die from radiation. Are they hydrogen, plutonium, or uranium? I don't know. But um, will he use them? That's the question. To what level is it going to be tactical field nukes, or are they going to be a full-on Poseidon, which turns into World War III? I don't think Putin is stupid enough to cause World War III, because we have between us and other nuclear nations, we have enough nuclear power to destroy the world. Like What is it, three times over, five times? Albert Einstein so he was asked. Yeah, Albert
2: Einstein it more than once, right?
1: Right. Albert Einstein was asked, what do you think World War Three will be like? He said, I don't know. What World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones.
2: Yeah, fought fought by uh Bought by the, the roaches. <laughs> <It's infamous.
0: laughs>
1: yeah. So um, there's another element. You know, we have less than a month towards the November midterm election. Right. And P- Putin, and he is lining up 300,000 more troops. Some are saying, some military experts, and I've watched American military. You know, there's such a contradiction between – There is point blank propaganda with CNN, ABC, CBS, whatever, okay, and even sometimes Fox. But other alternative media, people that do their homework, they're like, uh, "That's not what's going on in Russia. That's not the whole. That's not the real story. That's not how the Russian people. It's, it's. Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder who to trust anymore with our own media. Oh God! Certainly. (laughs) Yeah. So Putin is waiting on our midterms to which the Republicans would have a much more sensible approach. As you know, Democrat Nancy Pelosi flew to Taiwan, and basically uh, China not happy about that.
2: Um, Well, I think it's it's more, as per our show we had some weeks ago, I mean, I think Taiwan's more of a strategic worry for us than, than the Ukraine, I, th- I think it's more than our national interest uh, to not go to war, I mean, to uh, to defend Taiwan than it is to defend Ukraine.
1: All right. Well, the, it's the microprocessors of our computers, like 90% of the world's microprocessors are, are built in Taiwan. <clears throat> if you can put back doors into the microprocessors, you can spy on other nations very easily. So that would be a prime target that China might want. Excuse me. But Putin might be waiting for the midterms. And it will take him time to round up those 300,000. Our media is saying 8 out of 10 Russians, our our typical mainstream media is saying, oh yeah, 8 out of 10. Russians are against the war, whereas other sources I found, it's the opposite. Two out of ten Russians are against Putin's war. And so I'm like, okay, which to believe here. I mean, do you go to war just for kicks? There's always a reason. I remember in college, a history professor, American history, he said, nobody really knows the true causes of the Civil War. And I thought, what? What, a bunch of guys just got bored to start killing each other? I'm like, come on. There's always a reason.
0: Right.
1: Kind of since discovered that, but um, so Putin has his reasons, and then you got the pipeline, the Nord Stream One, the Nord Stream Two. Who did it? Who did it? Uh, there's a lot of likely suspects. You, Ukraine did it to get to, to uh, stop the oil supply. Well, that can't quite be true because the yeah. Russian stopped. Uh, Nord Stream number 2 never got flowing because of sanctions Germany just put the kibosh on that Nord Stream 2 was never flowing Nord Stream 1 was shut down by Russia But the idea that Ukraine would, would bomb the Nord Stream pipes To put a financial hurting on Russia is not valid Russia may have done it to be um, Appear to be a red flag Their victim and a bunch of Russians sign up for the army the U.S. could have done it. It could have been another nation. It could have been another possibility. I don't know. It just so happens the United States Navy was doing a military exercise over those pipes around the time it happened. Um, who did it? I can't tell you for sure, but there are the likely suspects. Obviously, Ethiopia didn't do it because they don't have the money and they don't <laughs> have the finances. So we can start eliminating. Let's see, Ethiopia didn't do it, I don't think. Uh, Venezuela did it because they're an economic disaster um, so who did it you'd have to have a nation that has the technical expertise the technical weapons all the technology plus the military to make it happen and from i, I caught this last night russian ships are not allowed in in the black sea so is it the baltic or the black sea I think it's the baltic anyway Russia's not allowed to be in there with their Navy per the a treaty. So they did find a Ukrainian uh, um, drone. It was like a quasi-submarine drone to washed up somewhere near Crimea. And so did the Ukrainians. Do, do they have the technology, et cetera? Um, so who did the Norm Street? We don't know. They had the likely suspects. But that's obviously not going to make Russia happy if the U.S. did it, um, or the Ukraine did it, or maybe Germany did it. That's another possibility, but Great Britain could have done it. Who did it? Um, yeah. And, and maybe we'll never know so because who knows how.
2: You mentioned earlier, Kelly, that you know, maybe Putin's waiting to see what happens in the midterms. Uh, so what do you think he's waiting – he thinks could happen if the Republicans, uh, you know, do take the House and the Senate? What, how, what do you think – what do you think he is thinking that the difference would be?
0: Do
1: you think Putin and his advisors have not read the United States Constitution?
2: To be honest, I'm not sure, Kelly. W-
1: <laughs> I, no, I would I – would, I would believe – that they know our Constitution, and that in order for the U.S. to go to war, we need a declaration of war. It's right, in our Constitution, only Congress can declare war, not the President. There's a little clause for six weeks that you have uh, the President can defend our shores. Congress, if you get a Republican Congress, it could rest- the Republican Congress could restrain Biden. Maybe that's the hope Putin is looking for, is it? That- a red wave Republican Congress in November to which to which Biden is told to stand down, why is Biden bowing down to Ukraine or well, could it be could it be a little problem with Hunter Biden in the Ukraine, and Zelensky has some dirt on Biden that would cause Biden to do Ukraine well, you know,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: It's another element to this whole thing. So oh, that's um, – cool. Yeah. So w- why is warmongering Democrats if they weren't like this in Vietnam? Americans got together in World War One, World War Two, and the Korean War, but not with Vietnam. The Democrats have done a complete flip. So maybe – yeah, Putin, the election, Republicans restrained Biden and then uh, Putin can do what he wants in Ukraine um, with with Biden restrained. It's complicated, and there's a whole bunch of factors, and I'm not going to say I have the answer, but it's only a possibility. Um, what What are some of your thoughts?
2: Well, I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, I don't that at least when the Republicans get in. I mean, I can't say what I believe, you know, Putin is thinking when it comes to the Republicans being in. I do know that, you know, when Trump was in office, you know, Putin didn't dare move against uh, Ukraine uh, when when Trump was in office. He didn't do that at all. Um, of course, we all know that Trump's much stronger <laughs> than Biden is. Um, But as to whether the House or Senate, I mean, who knows, maybe he'll think that – see, it's kind of a a catch-22, I think, for the Republicans, is that, you know, will they – because they'll control the purse strings on the money being sent over there, which I hope, you know, they pretty much cut the purse strings, right? Because, I mean, I just don't think that it's, you know, it's within our strategic – in national security in order to be, you know, having this proxy war with Russia. I think we need to just stay, to stay out of this one. And then now the Republicans are going to be in a tight spot to do that because there are a lot of Americans, you know, both conservative and liberal, you know, who believe that we should be, you know, spending money in arms and, and supporting Ukraine. I mean, and I get that sentiment. I mean, I I mean, I mean, you do have Russia invading a sovereign country, uh, which a lot of people don't like, including myself. Uh, however, I mean, yes, we don't like it. Yes, we hate to see the atrocities that we're seeing. Some contend that you know it's fake news and it's just being made up that Russians really, really not doing this. But you know, just on the face, on the face value of it or surface value of it. Um, if this is occurring, it is tragic. It is tragic to see, um, but where is it within our national interest to get? I mean, besides humanitarian interest, to get involved? I mean, that's why I don't well, understand why. real quick, let me say this. That's why I don't understand why so many people are are up in arms about forty billion dollars a year being spent for student loan forgiveness. We just got done spending about $54 billion uh, and sending it over to Ukraine.
1: Right. There's reasons why people do what they do. They might be valid or invalid reasons, but there's always a reason. And um, there's another factor why uh, Russia doesn't want to mess with the U.S. or Great Britain, uh, 30 nations in NATO. Um, They just don't. Because you you strike one of us, you get all of us. We are the NATO alliance is the largest military force in the world. Now, there's another factor, and there's all sorts of factors that it's like, oh my gosh! All right, so um, I was listening to another military expert. You know, I'll I'll do some work and then I'll take a break and watch a video. But um, and so we're in my own business. I timed it. You know, little five minutes here, five minutes there, it adds up over many days. But um, will Ukraine be allowed into NATO? Yes or no? Well, um, first step is apply, of course, and then some committee in NATO is going to go ahead and review it and have a discussion, take it to the floor of NATO. There are 30 nations, and in order to – and there's certain requirements that a Uh, NATO nation has to have a big one is that the military has to be under civilian United States okay check that box Ukraine's got that number two they have to have a military that can actually fight okay they prove Ukraine's proved with themselves check that box a few other boxes but to be approved into NATO it must Require unanimous consent. All thirty nations must say yes. Turkey is the trump card here, it's the wild card. They've always Turkey's always been a wild card. Turkey is going to say no because they don't want to upset Russia, and they're very close to Russia. And and so Turkey, the leaders, Putin has schmoozed up with leaders of Turkey over many many years. And even Turkey bought some Russian military equipment. And so Turkey is going to say no, most likely. I'm putting 90% chance on that. Turkey is going to say no to allowing Ukraine into NATO. Okay, so Putin is getting what he wants. I'd I'd put a 90% chance on that. So that could prevent World War III a small country um turkey has one of the largest militaries in all of europe and if they say no that's it we may not have world war three because of that um there's it's interesting to hear different perspectives mainstream media blah 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 get your ukrainian flag and get your bumper stickers whereas other people who are not mainstream, being interviewed by all sorts of alternative media, they're like, oh my, oh my, I didn't consider this, I didn't consider that. I even started reading some of the the, the NATO things. Um, so it's it absolutely fascinating. But we don't know the future. And with that said, I would encourage people to, to store up on food. I would really encourage people to store up on food.
2: Yeah, I know uh, Glenn Beck uh, always has commercials <laughs> talking about that kind of stuff. So I mean, now one of the things, because uh, I mean, one of the main topics that, you know, for tonight is you know, let's say the Republicans do win over the House and Senate, you know, now what? You know, what do they do then? Uh, what, what type of things do you would you like to see uh, the Republicans make sure is, is kind of top of their priorities? I mean, besides of course, you know, something about this, um, you know, the inflation and cost of everything, things of that nature.
1: Well, now is a time to strike with uh, uh, the pipeline. <clears throat> now open up the oil fields, open up mining. Um, in Colorado, Biden was out there campaigning for Senator. He announced that 250, 250,000 acres in Colorado and federal lands will no longer be mined or drilled for oil. Are you serious? So, um, the yeah, they public would have been today, say,
2: you know, OPAC and say, oh, our relationship is going to change and without even talking about increasing our own domestic uh, energy. Go ahead, Kelly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, maybe Biden was hoping that the Middle East would supply America with more oil. I just happened upon a clip today that uh, some of the Eastern countries are like, nope, we're not going to get you more oil. Because they sure sort of like this, you know, six dollar well, at least California, six dollar a gallon gas price.
2: <laughs> they, they're making a killing.
1: Um, so, yeah, um, maybe Biden was was that was his plan because he's got to. And, and historically, when gas prices shoot up, the political power changes to the other party. <laughs> it's quite, it's almost like clockwork. So Biden's plan to get more oil to reduce prices in a month ain't going to happen from the Middle East. So the Republicans are going to get in, and they're going to say, this is ridiculous. We need to have energy independence, which Trump got us to, or close to it. We need to have our own in- energy in- independence. So the Republicans are going to push for that. Biden's going to veto it, and he'll have the power to do so. Um uh, Other forms of energy, um, forget it. So we're still going to suffer gas prices. Immigration, Republicans are going to try to do something to stop this flood of illegals. Biden's going to stop it. Election machines, the Election Assistance Commission needs to be overhauled immediately. Biden's going to stop it. Um, hopefully there are some things the Republicans can do, but they're going to run into a wall with Biden over and over again. It's I think the House and Senate will probably again if we have an honest election be taken over by the Republicans, but
0: Right. All yeah, they're going to do,
1: yeah, all the the Rs are going to be able to do is somewhat restrain Biden from a number of these, you know, um, let's get rid of uh, sexualizing kids in the classroom and all this trans junk. Republicans might be able to restrain Biden. Um, what is it, 80,000 IRS agents? The House may not fund them anymore. I, I don't know, because they are going to weaponize this. Remember when Obama was president? Oh, my gosh, I was watching this. Oh, experience.
2: yeah, certainly it's going to.
1: Yeah. Uh, through the vote got hammered, way back then, and I watched the the, the founder's uh, testimony from a, a congressional hearing. He says, you know, I just wanted to make a difference, and I couldn't believe how long it took for me to get my 501c3. And then once I had it, all of a sudden they're coming down on me like crazy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just a mom that wants to make a difference, and uh, through the vote, they're they were the ones who did uh, 2,000 mules with Dinesh D'Souza.
2: Oh gosh! They're yeah. the ones. Yeah,
1: that that if you watch that video. So, the Republicans I won't did. be able to do much, but the yeah, you did watch that, okay? Oh, so we can spend a half hour on that discussion there. But I don't think the Republicans are going to be able to change much. They're going to restrain. That's about the best they what can do. What about
2: investigations? You think that you think they're actually going to get all the investigations? Uh, the one that they said they going that they they were they were going to do that they would do.
1: on Right. See, that, that, when the House and Senate um, have their uh, judicial committees, oversight committees, they are going to be able to look at the exec- executive branch. And that will be one of the mechanisms of restraint. And, and by the way, I, I don't know if I went into this on the show. Robert, what is a congressman's or even city council or a state house legislator. What is their second most important duty as an elected representative? Well,
2: it depends on what they're in. What I mean, what, what position they're holding if it, a it legis- Right.
1: If they're if they're an elected representative, be it city council, county supervisors, state house legislator, or if they're a congressman, what is their second most important duty?
2: The second most important well, duty?
1: Yes. Yeah, so let's go with the first. What's the first most important duty of, of an elected legislator?
2: Well, they're supposed to be representing the their constituents is what they're supposed to be doing.
1: No. The first duty of an elected –
2: They're supposed uh, to their constituents?
1: Well, it's – okay, I'll get to this. One, two, three, all right? I mean, yes, representation. Representation is all a part of one, two, and three. All right, but their most important duty is to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That's their number one duty. Okay. Yes, they're representing the people at the same time, but that's as far as a duty. Okay. Number two oversight of the executive and judicial branches to hold government accountable this goes back uh, 100 years after Magna Carta when the emergence of parliament in the 1300s because parliament would confront the king so the second most important duty of an elected legislature is oversight and accountability upon the executive judicial branches of course in-house accountability, and that's in the first article of the Constitution that the legislature can kick out members. The Senate can kick out their members. The House can kick out their members. It's accountability. Then the third duty would be to introduce new bills, vote the will of the people on legislation. Again, all the time representing the, the people, but the third duty is to pass laws or vote against the passage of
0: laws (coughs) so
1: with that said with that said uh, if we get a republican house senate there will be an awful lot of investigation jim jordan said this we will investigate um all sorts of things about the biden administration including covid We will investigate this. We will investigate that once we take charge on January 1st of 2023. So you're going to have congressional subpoenas. The Republicans in the House, even just the House alone, are going to have a lot more power to hold accountable the executive branch. Again, back to my restraint theory. Um, The Republicans, they can investigate what's really going on over there in the Ukraine. How much money is being spent by Biden to Ukraine? Why aren't we looking at Taiwan, whether we should or shouldn't protect Taiwan? What about this? What about that? They're going to be able to hold the president accountable, restraint. So, yeah, that's – do do you agree with my three – Premises of the prime duties of an elected legislator?
2: No, not at all, Kelly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, those are, cor- those are correct you know, spelled out that way. Um, I mean, I, I, I put representing the you know the people first, but when you said uphold the constitution, you know, I've, I'll concede to that one. <laughs> but yeah have yes, Kelly, yes.
1: Yeah, and the reason why the second duty is so important is because it. Uh, its enforcement power, so they can fill their, fulfill their first duty to their pet, protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So, without number two, you can't accomplish number one. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm just I'm almost being repetitive here. But basically, um, we could we could find out some really nasty things. For example, there's a uh, a COVID situation, uh, the injection. the Pfizer exec was under uh, deposition by the EU in a Rob Loose, or I think it's R O S something. He's from the Netherlands, and he was questioning one of the execs at Pfizer. And the exec said, "We never tested." we never tested if the covid injection would stop the transmission we never said it would, we never tested and proved we didn't prove that the covid shot would stop the transmission of the coronavirus and this uh mp member of parliament the eu parliament he he explained, it was on the Gateway Pundit. Do you know what this means? It means they lied to us. They said, get the shot so you can protect grandma, and then you can see your loved ones. And let's flatten the curve, and let's get this over with quickly. Take the shot, take the shot, take the shot, take the shot, take the shot. In other words, they were what they were proclaiming was a lie. Take the shot, it'll stop the transmission complete lie. This came out just a day or two ago. The implications are staggering. Um, I can actually read that story if you want to hear it.
2: Yeah, we, we've we got time, Kelly. We may actually do a full program this evening. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: Uh, all right. So, well, let me dig it up here. Um, but, yeah, it's rather disturbing. And uh, Gateway Pundit. Okay, here we go. Okay. So, um, you hearing Rob Bruce, R-O-S. All right, so here's, here's the title by Gateway Pundit. Just let me know if you can't hear me because my phone, my okay. phone does something weird. All right. Uh, This was put out uh, yesterday by Jim Hoff. Jim Hoff and his brother started Gateway Pundit. They got a bunch of reporters. Anyway, here's an article. When do the human rights tribunals begin? EU MP reveals Pfizer had no evidence. Vaccine stopped spread of COVID-19. Arrest Fauci, arrest Pfizer, and execs now. So... Um, and this, again, was on Tucker Carlson. As earlier reported, during a recent COVID-19 EU hearing, Pfizer's president of international development, developed markets, Janine Small, admitted that the vaccine had never been tested on its ability to prevent transmission, contrary to what was previously advertised.
0: Mm-hmm. Robert Roos,
1: a... Robert Roos, a politician from the Netherlands, who was also a member of the European Parliament, exposed the lie that people from all over over the world have been led to believe. Quote, if you don't get vaccinated, you're antisocial. This is what the Dutch prime minister and health ministers told us. You don't get vaccinated just for yourself, but also for others. You do it right,
0: for
1: all of to pull that crap here. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. Let me finish the quote here. You do it all for. You do it for all of society. That's what they said. Today, this turned out to be complete nonsense. Ruth said in his viral bombshell video posted on Twitter. Now, during all this, I talked to a doctor and I. He was a chemical engineer, become a doctor, and I engineer. I'm explaining process plants. There's vulnerabilities in process plants because equipment fail failures, sensors fail, uh, controls fail. You have uh, chemical tanks that might run out. Whatever. Okay, so you ha- you have vulnerabilities plus haste plus greed, and you can have bad batches. And it, he was a chemical engineer, and turned doctor, and then. He was starting to get that point
0: that there
1: are vulnerabilities here. But he also, in our discussion, he said, you know, polio was really, uh, the polio vaccine basically wiped out polio, and there's been a proven track record of vaccines. But he did volunteer this. He said, but never has there been a vaccine drive with the motivation of do this for others, do this for grandma, your grandparents, your aunt and uncle. There's never been a drive like this in history. Oh, that's a good observation. Anyway, let's continue what Ruth said. Quote, in a COVID hearing in the European Parliament, one of the Pfizer directors just admitted to me at the time of introduction the vaccine had never been tested on stopping the transmission of the virus, Ruth said. In one of the most atrocious crimes against humanity, all the governments worked together with big pharma and big tech to deceive the general public into taking the COVID shot. Quote, they lied to us. They coerced millions of people into being vaccinated on the lie that it would prevent transmission. This removed the entire legal basis for the COVID passports. The COVID passports that led to massive institutional discrimination as people lost access to essential parts of society. I find this to be shocking, even criminal, Bruce added. And during the hearing when asked by Ross if the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market, Janine Small, the, the Pfizer rep, responded while smiling, quote, Regarding the question around did we know about stopping immunization before it entered the market, no. No. To really move at the speed of science, science, the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. That's code speak for we just want to make a lot of money. On Tuesday night, Rob Ross joined Tucker Carlson to discuss this explosive testimony in the EU Parliament. Uh, Rob Roos described the seriousness of the revelation. He said, quote, It really was a special moment for the first time Pfizer admitted that the vaccine was not tested on stopping the transmission of the virus when it entered the market. And this has massive implications. Governments pushed millions of people worldwide to get vaccinated by telling them to do it for your grandmother. And they took perfectly healthy young people into, into taking this job using false arguments. And they used big words such as antisocial to sow an immense hatred against people who refuse to comply with the government's wishes. And even worse, many governments, including mine, actually introduced so-called COVID passports. These passports made access to part of society conditional. Those who did not wish to get vaccinated lost that access, not being able to visit a restaurant or a gym, all in the name of public health. Our governments love to talk about institutional discrimination, but this was really institutional discrimination. In many countries like the U.S. and Italy, vaccine mandates were introduced for certain professions. Many people lost their job, their livelihoods, their businesses because they stood by their principles. Austria even had a lockdown for the infection, and because of this reason, the government literally imprisoned people within their homes. All this was based on the idea that the vaccination helped prevent the spread of the virus. Otherwise, why should people be kept out of society? But this was now proven to be a big lie. Even the President for International Development, markets of Pfizer, now admits that there was no scientific basis to say the vaccine would stop the transmission of the virus. And I find this one of the biggest scandals of our time. The politicians responsible for this, responsible for this will be angry that people are looking back at this time. But I won't forget what they did to millions of people. And if we are a democracy, we should have accountability. And that's what I'm calling for. And that's the end of the thing. But basically, um, I also discovered another article where uh, (laughs) Tom Fitton, Judicial Watch, Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton did a... (laughs) And um, of the Biden administration, and he had to use a lawsuit to enforce the records request because the Biden administration was not turning over this data. What he found, and I read parts of it, the Biden administration worked with big tech, social media media and regular mainstream media to pump out the narrative, take the shot, take the shot, protect your grandma, take the shot, take the shot, protect your loved ones, take the shot, take the shot, it's best for society. They had a specific plan to pump the influence. And they even involved, they had teams, teams of doctors and celebrities and the doctors were and – and they even Tom Fitton got emails, emails from HHS and other federal departments. Tom Fitton got these emails, and in this these emails you could see that um, the correspondence – they have all sorts of different teams, 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 teams of how to pump this out to the American people. But in one of these emails, uh, somebody from HHS was telling a celebrity – Look, we have a doctor on board, you know, from our conference call last week. um, The doctors have the scientific facts, but they don't have much influence. The celebrities have influence and followers, but they don't have the scientific background. So we're teaming you people up to get this out to the American people. And, of course, a lot of money was spent to the media to pump out the influence so they pumped out a big lie that you get the shot it will stop the transmission when it was never tested Uh, what's what's your thoughts on that
2: well, the, well, that uh, they didn't. They want to hurry up and get it out. The, even even the vaccine itself, unfortunately, was politicized. That's why when you mentioned earlier about you know when they're going to try to you know blame Trump for this, um, it's like he's not a scientist. He only went off. Uh, you know, yes, he put and you know, yes, he did push the vaccine. But I'm sure talking about lies. I'm sure he was lied to about the efficacy for one. Was, was not told, you know, the dangers that what this vaccine can do to people, especially young men, you know, what comes to their heart, what, could, what it could do to others, I, I think he was lied to. I mean, I mean, the guy's, I mean, he's a president. He's not God. He's not omniscient, you know, so he's not going to know everything. He's only going to know what people are telling him. And if Trump is he was telling all these lies, like, you know, and you pointed out they didn't test for this stuff, you know, how was Trump supposed to know? He was going off of what the people – no, no, he trusted the wrong people. That's for damn sure. Uh, I mean, he, he did that in his own uh,
0: – yeah,
2: to be honest, in my opinion of it, he trusted the wrong people. But, yeah, I mean, I, I doesn't surprise me at all. Um, that's one of the reasons why I didn't get it, because there, I knew – there just wasn't enough testing in any way, shape, or form uh, for the vaccine. That's why I, nor my my wife or daughter, took the vaccine. Um, I, I I didn't trust it for those very those very reasons uh, that it hasn't been tested. And so, but but again, go back to your your earlier point you made about you know whether they're, you know them trying to come after Trump about all these things that are going to come that out about the vaccine. I mean, he, he didn't know. And, you know, he just went off that they were told him, and they lied to him, too.
1: Well, right. Well, let me play Democrat, okay? I'm a Democrat congressman, and I don't want Trump to ever be president again. Trump to say, I didn't know I was advised by my advisors, the Democrat would say, it is your responsibility as a president of the United States to know, doesn't matter if people told you lies. It is your responsibility ultimately. That's what the Democrat bring, would say. Well, to Trump.
2: then, then bring, bring, up well, then bring up Biden, then bring up Biden and see what their response is to that. So wait a minute. If Trump was supposed to know earlier on, um, Biden was the one trying to mandate uh, these. Uh, you know, Biden was trying to mandate these vaccines. You know, that would just bring it back on their face that, you know, yeah, he may have you know, supported the vaccines and promoted them, but he certainly didn't try to push them on people.
1: Right. Trump was brilliant in letting the states and the state governors decide what they wanted to do. Trump didn't force DeSantis to do uh, – to have shutdowns and close businesses. Trump didn't force DeSantis to do this. Trump wasn't forcing states to tell churches stop meeting. John MacArthur out of Southern Cal, he stood up against the state and the county health department. He had to pay $1,000 every Sunday into a trust fund until it was adjudicated. And guess what? The judge supported the church's right to meet even during COVID. But Trump wasn't involved in influencing that church to do anything. By the way, this this report that Tom Fenton Judicial Watch found – basically involve the clergy. I've heard stories of the clergy getting paid to promote the, the 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 injection. I've heard stories, but it's very possible that, yeah, they were getting paid, but involved the clergy. Um, So <laughs> Trump's going to – I'm sorry to say this, but I'm just being objective here. <clears throat> Trump's going to be the fall guy by the media. The media is going to roast him. <clears throat> Boy, Even yeah, if Trump says
0: yeah,
1: a... Right. And, and and then Trump and the uh, MAGA Republicans, they're gonna say, Well, Biden's the one that pushed it on everybody through all the, this this program they had. And you know, now we're having people that are suffering, um oh, I wish I had time to tell you about my neighbor my neighbor who called the veterans administration Nurse Hotline. The nurse there told him, Don't take the shot So many veterans are having symptoms now they never had before. She was a registered nurse working for the federal government. He asked her, are you worried about losing your job? He said, of course I am, but the veterans I serve deserve to know the truth. And he's pounding on my door. He says, you won't believe what I just heard from an advice nurse from the Veterans Administration. The stuff you've been telling me the last couple of years, she's telling me the same thing. It's not safe, it's not effective There's too many side effects Oh my gosh, so who's going to be held responsible for this? Trump And Biden And then people are going to take sides again This is your classic divide and conquer This is one of the reasons why I think DeSantis Has a good shot at being president Because um, he's going to expose a Statewide grand jury he's, he's, you know, the Surgeon General Is already on top of this It's going to get ugly Robert, I am personally concerned. The elderly people I know, wonderful, amazing, loving people. Um, those that took the shot, I am really concerned. I'm, you know, I have to go to a bunch of funerals. Um, well, I mean, I know
2: people. I, I know people within my family who got the shot. Some were felt, uh, even forced to do it. Not that get the. Um, But they didn't get the booster. Now, my dad, he's 92 years old. Unfortunately, he took, you know, one of the, excuse me, one of the original shots. I don't think he got any of the boosters. But Now, he, about a month or so ago, um, recently got over COVID. 92 years old, he has congestive heart failure, and he got COVID, and he's still with us. We're actually in a couple weeks. Um, i going to give him a related 92, a uh, 92nd birthday party. Wow. Yeah, no, I can't say that the, the shot saved his life. I, 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 Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. I don't know. But I know he didn't take the booster. Um, I mean, he, he took the shot and maybe, you know, nothing, nothing adverse happened from him getting the shot. But, I mean, he just recently did get over COVID. I mean, no, he was on an IV for three four days because he didn't want to eat. Or drink, and he has a lot. He did lose a lot of weight, but I mean, heck, I, I'm I'm not gonna say how old I am, but I lost eight pounds, COVID, which I'm kind of glad for, you know, because I needed to lose the weight anyway. <laughs>
0: I'm,
2: <kind of> glad <laughs> the well, I'm glad I, I lost the eight pounds. Like frankly, I'd like to lose about nine, ten more. Um, but yeah, that, I guess I could say if one good thing came out of COVID. I did get to, you know, for me personally, I did lose about eight pounds, <laughs> but.
1: Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I <clears throat> I had some bug twice <clears throat> and I lost, gosh, I'd say 15 because I just don't eat much. But anyway, um, my my neighbor, my elderly friend, he, he said, my gosh, I, I can tell when you've been sick because you lost a lot of weight. <laughs> but, you know, so I survived, no shots. How many people, Robert, how many people do you know that never took the shots? are are going around saying, oh, I just regret so bad that I didn't take the shot. How many people do you know are going around <laughs> saying, oh. <Yeah.
2: clears throat> well, who, well, now there is one guy who I don't personally know him, my, my wife does, but, I mean, he, he got COVID and he did end up passing away. Um, you know, and he and he said he regretted not getting the vaccine. Now, um, he said, maybe I should have got it because I just don't believe in it. And he ended up passing away. Now, I don't know if they put him on – I don't know if they, if they put him on – I'll have to ask. They can't remember. But I can't remember whether they put him on a ventilator, which is now showing that um, that was a bad idea. And I don't know if they gave him rindesivir, which, from my understanding of it, giving someone rindesivir was a bad idea, too. So I got to find R- out whether R- they did one of those two things with him, and maybe that was – you know, exacerbated the problem and ended up, you know, being a contributing factor to his death.
1: The CDC had data on remdesivir that it was a toxic poison for 30 percent. And by the way, kidney failures are skyrocketing. And so, remdesivir was tested in Africa, and they sh- they shut it down. And what it does is it causes the kidneys to become weak and possibly fail. Fail, and then the body swells up with fluids because it can't get rid of the fluids. And then, uh, the lungs start filling with water, pulmonary edema, and they, then they got to go on the ventilator and they die. So the question is, is some of these so-called COVID deaths because of remdesivir. I mean, uh, Brian artist, he's a chiropractor, doctor, he exposed this and other people have confirmed it. Um, Artists, you gotta got to you gotta take some of the things he says with a grain of salt and confirm it <laughs> with other sources. But it has been confirmed that remdesivir, and this is why we're having um, so many kidney problems with people. Um, it, it's mind-blowing what what's going on here. we got to bring Dr. Ely back on. And I, I should get going soon because I, I want to see my girlfriend tonight. Um, we have... The COVID-19 research team that we're with, we've we've found some stunning data from Massachusetts. Um, A guy named John is is researching state records. And it's not what the CDC is saying, it's way worse. And increases in cancer and other things, and people are writing papers on the long-term effects they're um they're they're seeing oh my gosh it's it's going to get really ugly trump the media will hold trump responsible the left will say trump did it the right will say biden um pumped out the propaganda and they they switched the formula on it's going to be a disastrous mess what's going to happen over the next 3 to 5 years um we we just uh, i i hope I hope that those who've committed this heinous crime will be held to account. And that's why we're trying to get before a federal grand jury. And that's a whole other show right there because the Justice Department is obstructing justice. Mind-blowing what they're doing. Because they're blocking us from getting to a, a, a federal grand jury to investigate this. So we're gonna to have to do some other things, but that's that's that that could take an hour in and of itself with the Justice I mean, who ever thought the United States Justice Department would obstruct justice? We know the Justice Department is, is being weaponized against political opponents, but the point blank political allies, that is seriously evil. And we we can spend an hour on that show. But who's How are the American people going to respond when they start realizing the facts? Are they going to do – are the American people going to do the homework? Are they going to do their own homework? Are they going to think for themselves? Obviously, that's another gift my mother taught me. She said, think for yourself. Think for yourself. Keep yourself out of a lot of trouble. Think for yourself. And so how – when, when people, and I'm sorry to say that people are, the, 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 cancer is accelerating people. And uh, people that had remission 10 years, all of a sudden they're getting cancer again. Um, it's, are the American people going to search out the truth and hold our government accountable or is the American people going to believe the mainstream media?
2: Well, I if think enough the, America I think that well, real quick, I think the people who already believe the mainstream media are just going to continue to do it. I think more and more people, especially independents and, and even some Democrats, though, are realizing it's you know it's BS, and, and I don't think they'll they'll believe it. But the, the people who still you know, take his truth, what they see on CNN and MSNBC, do will continue to believe it. I think less and less people are going to start believing it. But go ahead, Kelly.
1: There are some people – well, here's how the left is going to believe it is when they blame Trump because they love to hate Trump, assuming hatred. I ran mean, into a store clerk, you know, I'm just friendly when I go to, you know, well, gas station. Then and, and we talk about this and things. And, and uh, when mar lago was raided, I said, you want to hear some interesting news? I was like, okay. mar lago just got raided. What's mar lago That's Trump's residence in Florida. Oh, oh I hate him. <laughs> I see the game came out of her. He's an insurrectionist he caused an insurrection and sedition, treason, treason. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> I wish he would die. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Look at yeah, the human hatred she has. Well, then, well, then, uh, I mean, I was just shocked. I'm like, whoa. Um, and I, this question popped into my head. I said, I wonder if anybody that was there on January 6th been indicted for treason or insurrection, the thought just came to me, and she goes, well, that's an interesting question, I wonder, so I looked it up, and guess what, Robert, guess how many people have been indicted, that participated in the January 6th event, guess how many people got indicted for treason by a federal grand jury?
2: No. None by none for treason, none for treason, but i I have heard a couple were for sedition, but that's after people kept saying, no one's been convicted, no and no died, no one's been and then of course they have to do it because people were saying it wasn't happening, so they had to make sure they did it after people were saying it wasn't, but have ahead, but no, no none for treason,
1: all right, so it's treason, insurrection, and sedition one by one, treason is when you work with another nation to overthrow you're, 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 you give aid and comfort to your enemies. The Constitution is very clear, death sentence for treason. That's what the lady said. She committed, Trump committed treason. He deserves death sentence. I'm like, whoa, lady. So treason, death sentence, up to the death sentence. Insurrection is trying to overthrow the government. Sedition is undermining the power of the government they are different levels, okay, and they they can all be combined at the same time. It, treason, insurrection, sedition. Now, sedition, so I looked it up, and guess what? Not a single person has been indicted by a federal grand jury for treason. Not a single person has been indicted by a federal grand jury for insurrection. The the main indictment was conspiracy of sedition. Wow. Well. The, le- the lesser of the three. A number of them have been indicted for conspiracy of sedition, undermining or weakening the government. And so the media has pumped it out so much, and people don't understand the difference, treason, insurrection, sedition, that they bought it from the media. He committed treason. Insurrection, Trump, and all his followers, all those MAGA people. And then you got Joe Biden saying the MAGA Republicans are a threat to our democracy, if you saw that video clip. And that's pretty frightening that, that Biden would say that, but he did.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. But people are buying this stuff from the media.
2: Oh, yeah, and the media... yeah there, there are – there are a lot you of know, people certainly, but I think it's becoming less and
1: less though. Right. But if we were in the eighteen hundreds and the grand jury looked into this as they had they knew their full power back then, they would have they would have went the media. And they would have straightened them out. You do not lie about government officials because it weakens the authority and the power of the government but the media has gotten away with it and now we have a chronically divided country and that's another reason why I could see Tulsi Gabbard be, become a VP pick because she is definitely a unifier
2: oh no I'd have to I would have to disagree not disagree I have to agree with that I think she possibly could um, be a VP pick whether it's, uh, you know, Trump and her, whether it's DeSantis and her. uh, Again, I think she could be a good uh, VP pick. And here's what I think. I think if DeSantis does become the nominee, then, you know, if if he becomes the nominee, DeSantis does, then I think it's more likely she could be a VP. If it's Trump, I think it's more likely DeSantis will be the VP, and then she'll be – you know, possibly I'd a good candidate for a state. Yeah.
1: Well, if Trump gets in again, he picks the right people. I'm saying that very carefully. See, one of the problems the libertarians know this: the federal government is just way too big. It's absolutely way too big to manage. It's still not an excuse because he still is a president. The president's a president. They should know. And they delegate, delegate, appoint, 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 appoint. They have cabinet meetings, and through the cabinet, the president should know and make a decision. But it's just, it's so hard. I mean, the federal government's been one of, the, one of the largest corporations in the whole world, if we if we call it a corporation, not necessarily calling it a corporation. But you think of it as a business. Yeah, and Trump's got an incredible business sense on how to delegate. But it's just too big. It's way too big to manage with an A rating. Um, so it, it, it just—it's uh, frustrating. But we shall see what happens. Um, you anyway, know, we haven't had a show in what many weeks, I think. And um, the kind of accumulation of all sorts of things that I've learned. Um, I just, you know, people are praying people. I encourage people to pray because where is this divisiveness going to take us? Did I lose you? Are you speaking? Is your microphone working, or did I put you to sleep, Robert? <laughs> oh,
2: you, no, you did not, Kelly. You did not get my. You did not get my message I sent you. <laughs>
1: oh, let me see here.
2: <laughs> no, go ahead.
1: Oh, there we go. Okay.
2: <laughs> so, can um, you repeat your question, Kelly?
1: Well, if if America continues to be divided, where will this take us? And Tulsi said that Biden was a terrible. Uh, he's, he's dividing the country.
2: And, of well, course, certainly. the left is saying that about Trump. Well, here's the thing, and I've said this many times, and I'm going to say it again is that Trump did not divide the country. The left-wing media divided the country. Because here we, I mean, here you've got a guy, here, here, here you've got a president who, who says, you know, and really wanted to drain the swamp, right? He really wanted to uh, address the corruption that so we've been talking about, at least since the 40s, about the corruption of Washington, D.C. And so what the media did, it's the media that split America. That's who split America was the media. Okay? So I don't think it was Donald Trump at all. I found out – I mean, and he was against the media, and so, of course, the media was striking back. Of course, they struck first, and he was just pointing out how they're liars, and and they've been proven liars, you know, for the six years, you know, that he was running, you know, and, and as president. So it's not Trump who split it now, you, but you have uh, I mean, have you ever heard I – mean, I mean, seriously, have you ever heard Trump say, you know, anything about Biden or even Hillary Clinton's supporters? No. They, they didn't say anything. You know, show, show me an audio clip if you're a liberal out there. Show me an audio clip where, you know, uh, Trump, where Trump said anything about the supporters of Biden or the supporters of Hillary Clinton. No, they went straight – he went straight after Biden and straight after, you know, Hillary Clinton. He didn't go and, and try to demonize their supporters, no. What the media did, that the media split us, not by, you know, going after Trump, which they did, they also went after Trump's supporters, and that is what split America.
1: Oh, my. Yeah, Hillary started it with saying, oh, the Republicans are just – a." Basket of Basket
2: full of deplorable. yeah, and right. then they talk and then they talk about the supporters and the and the mega supporters and how they're white supremacists or fascists or anti american which is which of course all they're doing is describing themselves
1: oh yeah i mean this this is the division in america the media,
2: and this is what this is what
1: socialists do communist, progressive, I don't care what you call them, it's it's the same dog wrapped in different clothing. You know, um, they are, this is a classic, divide and conquer by the socialists. It's so classic. This is why other people who escaped countries are warning us. I wish we could find a, I wish we could find for the show a communist Refugee, one who escaped And To tell us The path that we're on Because they've seen it before It's right in the playbook Right in the playbook You know, chapter and verse, whatever Chapter and section It's right there I mean <laughs> If you <laughs> roll rules for radicals Zelensky Or Sol- oh, well, i I'm
2: not a- well, I'm not a big fan of of, of Glenn Beck. I just you know he, I I know mean, he's, he's negative an awful lot, so I'm not a big fan of him. I used to listen to him a lot, you know, back in the um, I guess in the '90s, uh, but I'm I'm not a big fan. But hey, he did have uh, something on the other day where there was uh, like 30, 40 years ago, you know, a, you know a KGB I don't know if he's from the KGB or just a, you know
0: from the from Russia or
2: whatever, just, uh, defector from Russia. Is, and he was talking about, you know, how to move the, the country over to Marxism. And he's like, "Yeah, we're, a lot of what we're doing today and uh, already been done is what the Marxists do."
1: Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, what's 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 going to happen? <laughs> this is a repeat of the playbook too. Um, Cuba, okay, Fidel Castro. There are people like. Well, there was a lot of corruption. Just like China. China used to be a republic. In both countries, the leaders went totally corrupt and um everyday people were suffering and that's when they embraced communism. Russia was similar. So the vulnerabilities happened. And, you know, people are suffering. The communists come in, oh, let me tell you how bad you're suffering, and let me tell you how much of a victim you are. Oh, my, maybe you should consider transgender now. Or, oh, women aren't making enough money. See, it's those evil people, the evil Republicans. It's the, you know, they foment. The communists take, yes, there's weaknesses in government. Yes, there's problems in government. Yes, most governments favor the rich over the poor. I get that. Okay, it's just been the history of the world. Um, Bastiat warned us of this in the mid 1800s. Uh, Big corporations take—they have so much power that they bend governments for their will, and then the corporations make even more profit. They get more power, and they get more people back in government. Bastiat said the state is that great fictitious entity by which everyone seeks to live at the expense of everyone else. Okay, so you have. Corporate and big business. Russia is run by big business, big oil ol- oligarchs and other ol- oligarchs. Okay, so everyday people are suffering. That's when they're vulnerable to communism. And then the medias, all sorts of media pump out, you know, you might be um, suffering at level one, but then they turn you into a victim, convinced that you are a victim to level nine and let's try socialism. The socialists, they're masters at doing this. They've done it over and over, except it fails. Now, Donald Trump stood in their way, and so you create this scandemic, this, this plandemic, this, this game show to get the ballot drop boxes to make sure Trump doesn't win. I mean, this, this, is, this is getting concerning how deeply the socialists have gotten into positions of influence and power. Um, I just hope the American people recognize this. I mean, study the Constitution, study the Constitution, study the Constitution. It works. It's beautiful. We've lasted a lot longer than the 69 years. Oh, okay. um, Yeah, I'm on the phone. Break it
2: up there, Shelly. Here's the background. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Oh, did, did did you want that lock? I think Kelly didn't mute himself when he was on there. We've well, we got uh, some closing comments here. I'll bring uh Kelly back on a little bit. Looks like uh he was getting in trouble by his girlfriend. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> anyway, we are getting towards the end of the show. It was great uh to have uh, you know, another three hour program. We haven't done that in quite some time. Let's see if we can get uh Kelly back here for his closing comments. Okay. Back there, Kelly, Sorry, for so your uh,
1: closing
2: comments. Yeah, yeah, closing comments.
1: Well, what happened was my neighbor, she was concerned about her lock, so I went and bought one of those mechanical locks and and just gave her presents. She was a real happy She's an elderly lady, you know, that she can have security for her house. But anyway, back to socialists. They foment.
2: Well, well Kelly – no, actually, we got to do closing comments. <laughs> so we only got yeah, yeah, about this seven is, minutes. We my... got to close things out. So we have got a couple minutes. Of right, 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 right. So here, here's a here's the 3 program again. We haven't done it
0: in a long time. I know.
1: Closing comments, okay? The socialists have a plan, and there, there's the banksters and the, new, the Bilderbergers, the New World Orders, people that want to control the world. They have a plan. They're taking dissatisfaction. They're fomenting it to making it worse. And unless America gets back to the Constitution, we could lose our country, nations rise and nations fall. This division needs to stop Tulsi Gabbard. In my mind, she's a hero right now. And we've, we've got to get back to what America was.
2: Well, I definitely agree with that. And one thing we could have said about the Democrats and Republicans back in JFK's day is that even though they, you know, had pol- some policy differences, I think both of them, you know, both of them thought, you know, their policies would be what's best for America. Now you've got the Democrats who their policies are what's good for the rest of the world but not America. They want to be the politicians and the representatives of the world not the representatives of you know their constituents, and I think that's uh, the big one of the biggest differences um, I think between the Democrat Party and the uh, the Republicans. So no, it was great uh, to have you have you on again, Kelly, to do those full three hours. I hope we we're able to do this again soon. Um, you know, try to you know reach out and, and get, you know get some other you know folks on. I'm sure if not, we'll. We'll have our commentary on, uh, you know, with our conversations, what's going on. I'm I'm glad to see what – I knew that was going to eventually happen with Tulsi, but we'll see what her political career in the future is going to look like. But, again, uh, we'll see what the Republicans do if they take the House and Senate. We'll, I'm sure, hopefully at least have another show prior to that. Um, I'm going to have to do some early voting myself because I'll actually be out of town uh, the week of uh, the election. So I'm actually going to be going on a, on a vacation. So uh, I know Tuesday night I'll be glued in front of the TV, even though I'm supposed to be uh, away relaxing. But I have a feeling that Tuesday night uh, is not going to be a very relaxing night. Uh, but anyway, folks, we'll really appreciate it. Uh, and then, Kelly, I'll uh, email you the link uh, to tonight's podcast. You can uh, share it amongst your friends so they can share it amongst theirs. And for you out there listening to the show, uh, we'd appreciate this if you uh, share the link out with your people as well. And, uh, you know, send a message here on Blog Talk Radio on what you think uh, the Republicans should do after they take the House and Senate. And you can also send me a message on the bar website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and you can uh, send me a message uh, through there. Um, and then, anyway, we're going to close tonight as we do every night. That's with the song by Aubrey Ashburn, and we will see you next time. Take care and have a good night. Uh, Hopefully next time uh, you're listening to this uh, Podcast call us live uh, Next time we have a show Take care and good night Mm